The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Subhan Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Hello, this is Homeboy88 of the Homeboy88 Podcast. If you like hip-hop, video games, pro wrestling, conspiracy theories, and comedy, come check out the Homeboy88 Podcast, constantly in the top Apple Podcast charts. Check out my back catalog featuring some of the funniest wrestling shows ever created. The Homeboy88 Podcast. Search for it and listen today. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to, it, 
to embrace our great audience here in Phoenix instead of screaming over them. I'm sorry. I'm trying to let the viewing audience enjoy the show. It's time task and embrace some voice. Great reception for Brian Danielson. Well, let me say this. You're in Phoenix. He's got a lot of ties to this area. Yes, Taz, go ahead. A lot of people think that, M that MGF is not ready to go 60 minutes with Danielson. I think Danielson thinks that. I'm one of those two. Okay, well, listen, Shabani. Stop. Okay, you're aggravating. I think MGF is more than capable Boy, of Boy, is it great to be back in Phoenix, Arizona! Seems like you people might want me to win the AEW Championship at Revolution. Well, trust me, I'm gonna do everything in my power to beat MJF for that title. But first, talk a little bit about what MJF said last week. MJF came out into this ring and said he hates Brian Danielson. So let me get this straight. He tries to break the arm of a friend of mine for over 20 years and he hates me. Let me get this straight. He put a bounty on my head, tried to injure me so I can't even make it to the pay-per-view, and he hates me. MJF hospitalized my mentor, William Regal. And he hates Thank God. God what? That he's coming out? Yeah. I was tired of hearing what Danielson had to say. What is wrong with you? I'm allowed to have my opinion, am I not? I'm a world champion. Respect the champ, damn it. Cut it. schmucks twisted but I know who you really are man and I know who I really am I'm the guy who got left stranded by anyone I've ever opened up to I'm the guy who got thrown away like trash by anyone who's ever claimed they loved me and then I met a girl a girl who changed my outlook on every single person on this planet my dream girl, a girl I fell in love with, she convinced me not everyone in this world is bad. So then I became the man who got down on one knee. And I told that girl I wanted to start a family with her. I wanted to make a home with her. I wanted to have children with her. And you know what she did, Brian Danielson? She left me. She left me, Brian. 
She left me because I'm unlovable. And now the only thing I have in this life that I can trust, the only thing I have in this world that makes me feel unconditional love is this Triple B. The AEW World Heavyweight Championship is the only thing stopping me from grabbing a fistful of pills and calling it a day. But not you, Brian, no. Everybody loves the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Everybody looks up to you. Everyone respects you. They throw their hands up in the air and they scream yes at the top of their lungs. And as if that wasn't enough, you have something I'll never have. You have a family. A beautiful, smart, adoring wife, two happy, healthy children, and you take all of it for granted. You wanna know why I hate you, Dragon? It's not just because these schmucks actually think you're better than me, because Lord knows by March 5th, They'll know that ain't the truth. I hate you because you have had more concussions and more head trauma than anyone in the history of this business. You suffered concussion after concussion until you were on the floor, foam streaming down your face, having seizures. And you're still in my sport? Every time you step foot in that ring, you're saying wrestling is more important than your family and your children. Every time you step foot in that ring, you're spinning in my face because you are taking everything I would kill for, for granted. You you are no different than your worthless, drug-addicted mentor, William Regal, who I gladly sent home to the hospital. Matter of fact, Brian, you're worse because you're addicted to the spotlight. Well, guess what? On March 5th at Revolution, you're gonna get all the spotlight you could possibly ever need in an Iron Man match because I'm gonna punish you, Dragon. I'm gonna punish you for trying to take away the one thing I have in this life. And I'm going to punish you for everything you have taken for granted. So now, I'd like to take this chance to speak to your children watching at home. Hey, hey, don't you dare bring my children into this or I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. selfishness. 
I'm gonna grab Dada's arm and I'm gonna rip it out of socket until he submits and I'm gonna make sure Dada can never play with you again. take his fist and hit Dada in the head with it over and over again and I'm gonna give Dada a present on March 5th. You kiddies wanna know what that gift is? Early onset CT! Yeah, he definitely knew things was going to explode because Danielson told him, don't say anything towards my kid. And now, you saw his men out here to separate. And the security detail trying to pull champion and challenger apart. This, this is so personal, Tony. How could they possibly wait till March 5th? Whoa, 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 whoa. They're not waiting to March 5th. I don't know if there's enough people in our security staff to hold these guys back. Let them go. Let them fight. Just, they'll fight all the way to San Francisco. They don't give a damn. And MJF trying to break free. Now he's going after Danielson. Danielson, as he was being restrained, his arms were down, and Max landed a really clean shot. Well, that's what exactly happens in these type of situations. I've been in them when there's men in the, in the ring trying to pull you apart from your opponent, and then your arms are trapped, and you get popped. There will be no one to keep them separated on March 5th at Revolution Live on pay-per-view. I'm going to say this about MJF. I've always said he was a coward, but he's willing to go into a fight right tonight. He said some really, really disrespectful bad things towards Danielson. No, I, I don't blame Danielson for wanting to rip his head off. Danielson's he's still coming out Danielson tries to break free, but MJF bails out. we got referees, we got coaches, we got security out. Oh, 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 shot. Danielson threw his entire body into that shot. And this melee is spilled to the outside. That was a shot, man. What a blasting blow. Well, we have to try to restore order. We've got more dynamite. Don't go anywhere.
Hello, I'm Homeboy Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Ames. Wednesday night skirmish. I'm your host Jimmy T, and my co-host. I hope I don't botch this prop. He is the magnanimous. He is the glorious. He is the Professor Uno. No, 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 no! You know what? You did it good. You did it good, Jimmy T. You did it great. I, I, I give you at least a B. I give you a B for the great. Come on. But I'm a B plus player. The grapple. Yeah, of course, you're the ultimate B plus player. But the proper way is the magnanimous, the scholarly, the effervescent, the stupendous, and the glorious man in the IWC, YWC, the only objective man in the IWC, YWC, PWC, Pundit Chief, the Professor Chabelle Cruz, aka the Professor Uno. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the skirmish. It's a it's a bloody pr- pleasure, actually, Prof. And you know what? You know who's in the house already, which is a lot quicker than I expected. Which means we got to change it up a little bit because it is the sweaty fat Batman. It is Mr. AMBS. It is Chris Ams. Welcome back to your show, my friend. It's Hambones. What's up, <laughs> What's up, Prof? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back. Uh, I, it's going, it's you know, it's going pretty good. I uh, just got back from the gym, um, wow. redoubling my efforts. Uh, I uh, I worked so hard that I made my nose bleed today, which is a little Ooh. concerning. But hey, you're not crushing, you're not trying. So, <laughs> oh, you know how like the song goes, push it to the limit, Chris. He was he was bringing the heat in the gym. That's what it That's is. Right. When you bring the heat, <laughs> then the nose bleeds. It to the limit. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> you're, you're breaking up there, Chris. You're frozen on us. 
He's gone all sweaty fat Batman on us, like you prop. Yeah. Oh, there you are. You're back. I think. Well, while Chris get there he is. There he is. He's back. Chris. Goddamn internet. Goddamn Canadian internet, bro. What's going on over there in the sticks, man? Trudeau has a great Wi-Fi. <laughs> Definitely. Fucking Trudeau. Anyway, oh, yeah. boys. Fuck that guy indeed. Let's talk AEW Dynamite, speaking of fuck that. Because, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's just me. I'm sure Chris feels the same way. But, Prof, I don't know if you're if you're going to be the apologist of the three of us, man. But, dude, that show sucked balls big time. You know, I, I look at it from two avenues here. From the suck balls avenue. <laughs> you know why I suck balls for a lot of people? It's not balls because the card that they gave us, the announcement that TK gave us to start oh. with. When you have a tag team battle royal with people that I don't care about. When you have a main <laughs> event with Evil Uno, even though I'm Professor Uno, that says that speaks volumes. But the, the the positive or the apologizing part of it, if you want to say this, what does AEW Dynamite give you? They give you the matches when when it's needed. They give you the 15, 20 minute matches. The crowd is always into it because just because like I'm an ECW mark, the fans want to make sure that the product that's on TV is a good product. So they're going to be invested with Orange Cassidy and Willie Yuta. They're going to be invested with the acclaim doing what their spiel. They're going to be invested with John Moxley going to be blading himself in within the first three minutes doesn't matter to the AEW fans because they want to make sure that the TV audience, the million that so somehow, some way, watch this crap that you will think, <laughs> they had to make sure that the product looks good on TV. Oh boy. Yeah, but does it look good on TV? That's the problem, Prof. Chris, I'm sure you love this damn show, right? I mean, this was, and I feel bad for you, dude, because you're going to the Winnipeg show. Um, dude, if it's anything to go by for the, from you weeks, I'm hoping for your sake it's not a bad show. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely hoping that it's better than it has been the last couple of weeks. Um, this one, <laughs> uh, it just felt like it, it just felt like TK's given up. It just kind of felt like you know what, just fucking go do whatever you guys want to do. I don't care. I mean. <laughs> You've got you've got Evil Uno in the main event. You're starting with a Wheeler Yuta match. Yeah. Like, tell me what else could he possibly do to just scream? I don't care about the rating anymore. I just want to play with my toys. Or my or his balls at this point. I mean, if he's got any. But uh, yeah, no, you're right, man. I don't know what. The, you know what's funny? I, mean, I think I saw you comment actually, Prof about um and, and then you said well if um aw what was the the stupid ratings apparently that uh <laughs> time warner and uh discovery whatever discovery warner um saying they they reach 10 million fans every week for dynamite what the oh, no, fuck no, no. Are you? there was a press release with uh, the warner brothers discovery executive i forgot his name but during the press release and saying how much of the positive that AEW brings he gave this figure that a lot of people are laughing at. That every Wednesday, I did not know this. I don't know. My, I, I had, I'm going to admit this to the skirmish ice out there. 
The skirmites, remember? The skirmites, yes, I forgot. It's been a while, but the skirmites. <laughs> it's been a while, but my math grade, my, my math uh, acumen is a C is a C minus. But <laughs> the executive said that on Wednesdays, AEW accumulates four million viewers every Wednesday. So I chimed in and it was on the Salamonsters Facebook fan page. Oh, I said I can believe it. If you can believe four million, then WWE does ten million on a Monday and a Friday easily. That's that's all I just said. That's and fast. and I, I'll say this: this is a this is a fun fact for any skirmites who actually are a part of the Dirt Sheet Radio uh, Facebook <laughs> fan group. They blocked me because I actually challenged them. Because I what? said the same. I said the same comment. I said ten million, and he says, "Do you understand your math?" I said, "Yeah." Do you understand the DVRs, just like uh, AEW Dynamite? Do you understand streaming apps? They got TNT, they got TBS apps. What does uh, WWE has? Peacock, they got the Fox app. So you can actually accumulate the viewership numbers both sides. So if AEW could get 4 million, WWE doubles it or triples it, triples it easily. That's all I'm just saying. Chris. Are we, is this what we're getting at now, man? Are we gonna like literally scrape ratings, bro? Are we literally gonna have to go through apps, DVRs, fucking YouTube, and everything, and then some, somehow we get five million? At some point, on? I kind of, at some point, to be honest with you, I fully expect them to add in all of the listeners of the skirmish as people who <laughs> um, were reached by, by AEW Dynamite on, on the current week, so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Professor's math is pretty much right. <clears throat> Something around 800,000. 800,000 to a million people watch Dynamite um, on TV. Uh, if you times that by nine, I guess you get to 10 million. Um, and SmackDown does two and a half apps. So times that by nine, it's actually well <laughs> over 10 million. So, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know, like, I don't know what they're trying to say. Well, sorry, they said it's four million. Four million, so that would be times four. Two and a half times four is... Eight. No, two and a half times four is ten. Oh, oh It actually yeah. is oh, ten. The math actually <laughs> works. Yeah, I need, it was the Wi-Fi. I didn't hear the, it was the Wi-Fi. It kind of broke a little bit. I heard the two. I didn't hear the half. Hey, I won't lie, man. If, you're, if your math is, like, C minus... <laughs> mine is a clear E. Well, if they have one million view viewers and they're claiming four, that means that they're oh, no. they're timesing whatever they have by four. So if SmackDown gets two and a half million, which it generally does, two and a half times four is ten. Yeah. So that's I mean it. That's ex I mean literally his math is perfect on this. Uh, like you you cannot even you can't impeach the professor's math on this. It's right. It's not. But yet they, they but yet they blocked me off of dirt sheet radio. Y'all motherfuckers are really nasty out there, but it's okay. I know I'm right. Dude, is it just me? And I'm talking to you, Prof, because I'm sure you've seen these because you're part of the Solar Monster fan group. And I feel bad for Jason, Solar Monster, because uh, that group has got to be some of the dumbest. And I'm going to say it. I'm saying it right now. Some of the dumbest marktards I've ever seen, period. Did you just... Dude, and shout out to Achak Brown, man, because... Even he realized how stupid half these people are. But one person, did you see the argument, bro? I don't know if, you, if you're part of it, Chris, either, but like, seriously, no. people are trying to say that uh, Enoki and Giant Baba and El Santo 
are bigger than fucking Hulk Hogan worldwide. Like in mainstream, pop culture, everything. Are you kidding me? Worldwide? That's, worldwide, is, is that, bro. Is that the exact thing? I, I'll, exact give thing. Them, I'll give them the Japan part because I can, yeah, I can in say, Japan. okay. Yeah, but worldwide, yeah, you know what it is? When you love a certain style of wrestling, and no, and most likely, if you're gonna talk about Anoki and Santo in Mexico, whatever, you know, Mexico, uh, British strong style. If you're gonna talk about that wrestling, you're gonna talk about the top wrestler from that genre of wrestling. Of That's course, fine. You're gonna have right. your fandom towards that, and I have no problem with that. But if people can give you the facts and show you the proof that how wrong you are, because you know. The old saying, and Chris Hambones knows this from other political spectrums, facts <laughs> yeah. over feelings. That's the problem we have. It's, it's fucking ridiculous, bro. And then another Mark Todd said, if you think that Baba and uh, Inoki's bigger than Hogan, then it's the same people saying that soccer is the biggest sport in the world. I'm like, excuse me? I hate to say it, but soccer is the biggest sport in the fucking world. And even Jack Brown came out and agreed with me with what I said. And I was ready to pull my hair out, man. I'm like, what the fuck am I dealing with over here, man? That's why yeah, I stay you know away what, from this You know shit. what that whole conversation sounds like to me? It sounds like it sounds like you've got one you've got one group of people who are so anti-American that they desperately want anything that is centered around America to be not as popular as the other thing. I mean, listen, I, I've been to Mexico a number of times. I speak Spanish because I've been to Mexico so many and times. And soccer is the biggest over there too, man. And yeah. El Santo is a gigantic oh, yes. legend in that country. Absolutely. Okay? He's got statues of you, man. But there is no chance that if you go to Chile, anybody knows who the fuck El Santo is. <laughs> Not a single person in Chile knows who El Santo was. Say El Santo, they'll say, which one? Right? <laughs> which saint? What are you fucking talking about? You say Hulk Hogan, I guarantee you at least five of every ten person, at least five of every ten adult in Chile knows who Hulk Hogan is. One hundred percent. Or or will or will literally do one of these to you for it. Because absolutely th that's a different now, and then and then the other side where they're saying, Well, then you must think that soccer's the biggest sport in the world. That's the other side of the argument where someone is so entirely focused on America that they do oh, not no. believe that the rest of the world could possibly like something they don't like. Hey, Americans, I, I listen, <laughs> I always struggle to explain this to people. Nobody like worldwide, people don't like American football. It is not popular in the world. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All these people, they tune in for the Super Bowl. It's not about the sport. Nobody gives a shit about the actual sporting event. That's an that that's a that's a cultural um, event. It's not a sporting event anymore. That's why all of those people tune in. And believe me, there are more people worldwide, and it's not even close, who like soccer, who are into soccer, who are obsessive about soccer. In fact, there are three countries in the world where soccer isn't the biggest sport. It's the, the, America. The, the, ra the, it's rating, the ratings of the World Cup is a billion. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. A, there are 8 billion people on the planet, and no, no, no. 1 billion that's, of them. That's, that's the analogy. That's the analogy, Jersey Sheet Radio people. The the World Cup is a billion viewers. That's WWE. The Super Bowl is AEW Dynamite. 
with a hundred <laughs> million right there. With hundred and ten million. That's what it is. It's good. That's Listen, the there are, like I said, there are only three countries, okay, that don't have soccer as their number one sport, okay? That's the United States, which it's obviously football, and that's Canada and Finland, where it's where it's hockey. That's it. Every other country oh. in the world, the number one sport is soccer. And, and Australia, let's be honest, dude. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't the, even it's know. not the most is, popular sport. Do you guys sport. have, like... Do you guys have like bouncy bounce or something? What what do you guys have? Your number one Australian sport? rules football, Chris. Just like how uh, you know the Americans have you know the American you know football basically glued on. Oh. Well, the NFL we have our own version. Look, actually, I'll give you a fun, interesting fact. You, you guys are football fans, right? Wait, you talking about soccer or? No, no, no. I'm glad you said that because I would have said it like that usually. But I'm talking about like gridiron. Yeah. College ball. I hate the NFL. But you, but, but, but you like the game of... Yes. All right. You know what's funny? Austra Australia has influenced the NFL a lot more than you think. Even college ball. You know how? From the art of punting. I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, there's been a lot of styles adapted from the Australian game. Have you guys heard of the drop punt style of kick? I think I... No. What, did the XFL take it? Uh, even well, even right now, a lot of NFL players are starting to actually implement it in the NFL because, and that was invented. That style of kicking was invented in Australia, right? Because I personally think we have the best, like punters, kickers in the world when it comes to kicking because of the style of football that we play. Our I balls are kind of similar. The the Giants actually have their punter from Australia, if I would. Right and. Correct. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Even uh, Pat McAfee is a huge fan of Australian rules football, and he was—he's uh, intrigued by it. He loves it. He goes. He said it. He goes. He falls around during, like, if I knew Australian rules football back then, he would seriously consider playing it. He actually loves it. Like, it's one of his favorite sports. Except he follows Collingwood, which is fuck that team just quietly. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk football though. Let's go back into AW Dynamite. I know the show sucked that bad that it's probably better yeah, we if we to? talk the all-star game the nba all-star game let's just talk let's just talk australian rules, rules football at this point like we it's not cricket. rugby just quality uh we can no, talk I rugby cricket. i have no cricket fucking sucks. idea about any of those sports but i mean any of that might be better than AEW dynamite from this week and you know what else have you heard of the torpedo kick that's another thing that was influenced by the australians when you kick the ball sort of on the side on the bloated side and it twirls you can get more distance. Cool. Have you seen those type of kicks? Yeah, you you you'll know what for I'm the, talking for about. For the for the spiral kick, yeah. Yeah, the spiral kick. We call it a torpedo, but that mm -hmm. comes from the Australian punters, man. That style, all of that, and the banana kick where you kick it on the tip of the mm -hmm. ball, so it goes like that. But anyway, he there's said all sorts Jeff. of stuff. He said the tip. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about penis here on the PWC. <laughs> well, the there is some truth penis. to it. The answer is always penis. But boys, speaking of penis, because this show was definitely penis in our faces. <laughs> I'm sorry, but not sorry. It is AEW Dynamite. Uh, guys, why? Why? Oh, why? And well, speaking wait, of... Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me just say this. At least, I guess I'll, I'll start with a positive. At please least... Go, please. They were in Phoenix at the Footprint Center. The that footprint was the hot, that center. Was, that was the hot crowd, number one. And number two, I think that was their first time in that arena. So the one of the, the, the positives for AEW Dynamite, 
because I will say this, the real the realism is certain shows where they do the same thing, you know, they go to the same uh, arenas, they drop in attendance. So at least for this one, Tony Khan's got to win because this is the first time in that arena. So they probably got 85 to 90%, you know, the the, the, the seating arrangement, right. yeah, the seating capacity that, that TK wanted out of that. Yeah, well, good, good on them, but whatever. It is what it is. But we start, it is I'm called object- the Footprint I'm a, Arena. I'm objective. That's all. I just keep telling you that. You are, absolutely. But the show opens up with, it's your favorite wrestler, Prof, in Orange Cassidy versus Willa Yuta for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Orange Cassidy is your champion. Fuck this match. Honestly, fuck this match. I'm not even going to get really into it, but all I'm going to say is Cassidy wins by pinfall with an orange punch, retaining the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Chris, were you pumped to see these two dweebs go at it? No, um, not at all. To, like to me, this is you know this is a cruiserweight match that isn't a cruiserweight match. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I like listen. I, one of my favorite things about WCW was the cruiserweights. I loved the cruiserweight division because it was always Absolutely. something that you weren't going to see in the rest of the card. The problem with the cruiserweights in this company is that they're everyone. Everybody is a cruiserweight, um, <laughs> and the only people they have on the on the on the card who are you know bigger than 240 pounds and bigger than six foot one lose every fucking match they're booked in um yeah listen i'm gonna get into this a little bit there's a few things that they did that were just absolutely completely wrong okay so the match starts out wheeler yuda is losing uh he's not able to really uh do much with with orange cassidy so out comes claudio castagnoli he comes out, he slaps Wheeler Yuta, and he basically is telling him, you know, you need to you need to shape up, you need to do better. So the guy who came out and told him that he needs to do better, that he needs to be more like how they train, is basically a mat technician. He's one of the best mat technicians in wrestling, okay? Uh, Claudio, Cesaro, whatever you want to call him, he is an excellent technical wrestler, okay? Um, and then, you know, because of that, because of that, uh, um, you know, talking to Wheeler Yuta then does 16 dives. <laughs> what? How does that have anything to do with Claudio coming out and talking to you? If Cesaro is telling you, hey, listen, you need to work how we train, then the next sequence should be Wheeler Yuta going out there, locking in a submission move or uh, catch his catch can and getting the upper hand. It needs to be him throwing a suplex or uh, a European uppercut. It needs to be him doing something that we could believably, you know, actually buy him and Cesaro doing in training. It's not, you can't go out there and just do 16 dives after Cesaro tells you you need to do better. That maybe if Rey Mysterio came out to tell you to do better, (laughs) you know, Maybe if Adam Cole came out to tell you to do better, but not not Cesaro. That just to me, it was like this is completely wrong. I mean, completely wrong. It's it's ass backwards, Prof. Seriously, what's your take, man? Well, you see the uh, the disadvantage of the BCC without William Rigo <laughs> showing them guidance, showing them focus. Because actually, you could play that off better. You can. Don't be logical, with, with that- though, Prof. It's, I'm trying to be logical because Chris <laughs> Hambones actually said a lot of mis- actually put out the mistakes there with the match. The psychology is all wrong. Willie Yuta doing all that shows you how the BCC has lost its focus, has lost its mission statement of what they are, ass kickers, 
uh, Mac technicians or bullies, as will you, you just said. Let me just say this, because I want to backtrack here, because here's one of the negatives of AEW Dynamite. The lack of storytelling, because it's only they only focused on storytelling for like maybe two matches the most the to get most. to to get to Revolution. Right. This match here was not a, a long term storytelling. You just have to remember this. Of course, yeah, exactly. Willie exactly. Uter was you know was a member of the Best Friends organization, whatever the case may be. He was under the tutelage. I didn't know that Orange Cassidy had a tutor. You know, he was, you know, had a student because it never, you know, it never really dawned on it. It was just Willie Uda was the replacement of Trent Beretta when he was injured. But they ain't going to say that. But they just said he's yeah. part of the best friends. Well, and to go even further into that, does Orange Cassidy's character seem like the kind of person who would have a student? His whole gimmick is I don't give a fuck. His whole gimmick is, I'm going to just barely put my thumb up to give you a thumbs up. His whole gimmick is, I don't work hard and I don't care. Mm-hmm. How does that guy have a fucking student? <laughs> I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But I'll just let me just say this. When you start something on a Friday on a rampage, of course, <laughs> and then you build it. This is what you did. You build it from Friday to to Wednesday. That's not storytelling. That And on Twitter, yes. You're right, hand bones. On Twitter, maybe on YouTube, Twitter? and maybe on their Instagrams. You gotta follow this, Jimmy T. You gotta follow this because if you don't follow this, then you're not really <laughs> invested. You're not an AEW <laughs> Mark card like everybody else is. But sorry, not to... sorry, prof. As, as it but, says under but neither head. here, but neither here nor there. But you understand where I'm coming from because right. from Friday to Wednesday, that's not enough build for an All Atlantic title match. <laughs> an All and just forget. Let's not forget that that's supposed to be the second or third belt to the heavyweight title is it i don't even know i don't even know either <laughs> hambones can you c- confirm which title is the second important one is it the tnt title or the all atlantic title oh you you don't even care <laughs> no really i don't like i really don't care to me the tnt title is you gave me you gave second. me the orange cassidy answer i don't care yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> to me, the TNT title is kind of the Intercontinental Championship, and the All-Atlantic is more of the um, uh, European title. But mm-hmm. admittedly, that's not because of how things are booked. I mean, it's impossible to fucking judge things based on how they're booked. It's more like um, I see it that way because the, the All-Atlantic title was introduced after the TNT Championship. Right. Right. That's true. No, for sure. But the only problem is... The TNT Championship is not even being elevated, really, anymore. It just, who cares? Who cares? Let's be honest, guys. Every single champion right now, bar, I guess, Cassidy, let's be honest, and to a less extent, Jade Cargill with her TBS Championship, even though right now, I feel like that's even fading slowly, right? But it's, it's, it's made everyone go backwards. Is Jamie Hayter really as over as you think she is, guys? If, even though she's the women's champion, who gives a fuck if she's the women's champion? Really, because all that's done, that belt, all it's done is the the elevator, in my opinion. The the TNT Championship, what's it really doing for Joe? When you go from match to match, when you go from fr- Wednesday to Friday and Friday to Wednesday and all this stuff, when you're building it for match to match bangers, supposedly. And banger you know, after banger. banger. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you're not so. giving storytelling. You're not giving me something to invest in. Again, like this match was 
three days in advance with no investment, even though there's supposed to be a backstory. Don't care. Yeah. Number and here's another problem I have with this is because of the character of Orange Cassidy. Just like Hambones doesn't give a damn, I don't give a damn about Orange Cassidy being the champion. His character and suppose and you know what the problem is? From the time he beat Chris Jericho, he's supposed to be one of the top pillars of AEW. He's supposed to be in the main event programs. But after after uh Chris Jericho, what did he do? Just relegated down to the best friends, relegated down to being the comedy guy, relegated down to, you know, filling the, the spot on the card no matter what. I'm not saying that, you know, he has value, but what you need out of him is far more than what you're getting as a result. That's why he he's not the right champion. And Willie Uta is Willie Uta. He's just, <laughs> if it wasn't for the BCC, I wouldn't care about Willie Uta either. Why can't we just call it the 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 combat club at this point? Why do we still have to call it the fucking Blackpool Combat Club? It's so ridiculous. The Cincy Combat Club. (laughs) The Cincy. The Cincy. There's a hundred fucking things they could do to make it just make a little more sense. I mean, as far as Wheeler Yuta goes, I just all I want to see from Wheeler Yuta is more videos of him jumping on shit and saying whoop, whoop, <laughs> and all that. Like that's what I want to see out of out of Wheeler Yuta. I don't care about his wrestling matches. I just want to see him jump on typewriters and stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> Fuck um, this shit. Yep. <laughs> FOMA. Juggalos and juggalos. Uh, yeah. Um, well, Homeboy eighty eight. Just before you continue, Chris says, "Holy shit! I see the professor." Yes, you do. What's up, homeboy? What up? What up? Sorry, Chris. Continue on. No, it's good. I mean, that, that's that's most of what I wanted to say. But yeah, as far as the the Blackpool Combat Club, it literally makes less than no sense to keep calling them that. It's a detriment that they're that they're continuing to be called that. Oh wait, it, I, I got a, I got a tweet. I got a tweet. Willie Uda no. has moved <laughs> to Blackpool, so now it can still be oh. called Blackpool Combat Club. So oh. you know, he's a dual citizen. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a you know what that means yes. you know what that means guys right that means he's officially you know what this is where, where, where I'm going with this right guys I believe is he a man at this point oh, is he a man a, he's a manly man he's a man he's a, he's a real man's man <laughs> the remix he's a man because Willie Yuta now is a fucking man guys can you believe that shit because he he's moved a to a really man. hard place. Yeah, he's really hard, bro. You know what hard. we say here in Australia? When we see a hard someone I'm that's hard, I'm guessing you say bro, hard cunt because everything. That's is a cunt it, exactly. In <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. He is a hard cunt, so that makes really you to not only a fucking man, but he's a hard cunt. The hardest, the hardest man in town. Like literally, like cunt. Nate Dog used to say, the hardest cunt. <laughs> literally, the hardest cunt. And he's got a cunt, just quietly. I mean, you know. I mean, he talks like this. I mean, seriously. He needs some testosterone in him for crying out loud. We've got another comment, though. Um, we got Homeboy saying, I would challenge Orange Cassidy to a match, but he hasn't, but he hasn't, what? But he hasn't but he to, to wear, wear tights. Because I would have the advantage if he doesn't have pockets. Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, enough of oh, that Oh boy, shit. if you weigh more than 150 pounds, you already have the advantage in that fight. So. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Well, Willie Yuna, congratulations. You're a fucking man. Not any me, man. Go, go for it, prof. Let me just say this. 
Did you notice how in a span of three days too, or maybe in a span of a week, that Claudio Castanoli, or Cesaro, whatever you want to call him, now has become more heelish. In a blink of an eye. In a blink of an eye. Really Long term no, storytelling. No rhyme, no Bro. reason. It's just, you know, I can understand Moxley being the, the kind of, I don't give a damn about the fans. He's done that. But Claudio, Wheeler, n- now you want the Blackpool Combat Club to go a little heelish in a span. Can we just call him a little heelish from now on? It's probably just to try to set up something for the elite to do because the elite have to be the the the, the elite. Uh, they're so awful as faces, but they're committed to trying to be the sort of faces in their programs. I mean, they need somebody to feud with, and I get that it, they think that it's better to go against heels, but it really wouldn't be. They'd be far better off going against face teams and just leaning into the fact that all three of them are gigantic douchebags and that's that's a shoot they're all ju- they're all gigantic douchebags all three of well, those guys I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought up the elite because let's quickly get into that for a moment prof mm-hmm. now if speculation is true and if all the rumors in uh, Meltzerville is actually correct are we possibly getting the Mr. Kenny Omega jumping ship to WWE? I think there's a strong chance of that actually happening. Hence why the elite right now are pra- practically in limbo. That they're not sure what to do with these guys because I don't think they know what Kenny is going to be doing anytime soon. You know, it's a it's a catch twenty two with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks because I don't know. How, how their con their AEW contracts are made are consisted of. Do you have two separate ones? Do you have talent contract and do you have an EVB contract? Because again, let's look at from Kenny Omega's perspective. He's in charge of the women's division, in some sort of light. He's right. in charge of the video game that hasn't been released yet. So he's got a lot of you know he's got a lot of duties other than being the arrested. I don't know about the Young Bucks stuff. I think they do more of the merch stuff, maybe the shirts and stuff. With it, like, I think one of the Young Bucks' wives does that stuff. Yeah, yeah you're right. So that's true. in that instance, that's why I'm saying I don't know the, the, the contract structure because if you have two different contracts, because this is very uh, telling because Kenny Omega, when you have a talent contract, guys, you know, TK can get those dates back because of injuries and stuff like that. So, but... Kenny Omega's working while he was hurt, you know, doing his other duties. So there's, there's the your, loop. there's the loophole right there. So it's like, wait a minute, I gave you work. I came to work just because I didn't put, I didn't put my ass in the ring. I gave you a game. I'm making sure the women's division is is on point to a to a degree. But I'm working. So no, if, I I think you actually used the the exact right word when you talked about how he's booking the women's division duty. <laughs> <laughs> that's true good point but that's a good point I, I agree you must have listened to either JD from New York's podcast prof or Jason Solomon I think it was Jason Solomon that that kind of alluded to that um, and I agree I actually think that um, because he was working like while being injured I think like him sort of put you know re-signing him because of his injury fucking time away where you know he can re-sign him for all the dates that he's missed is irrelevant chris am i onto something yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean it could be we don't know how the contracts are structured and i mean until we know we don't know um until we have an announcement that either he's 
re-signed or sticking around or that he's leaving uh we're really not going to know what's going on with kenny omega um one thing that i do find very interesting though is if kenny goes um if kenny does go to the wwe after cody went to the wwe i think that at some point in his life uh tony khan is going to have to come to the conclusion that oh these guys weren't really my friends these guys mm. were just using my money to try to make a name for themselves so that they could get to where they actually wanted to be and i mean listen nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to admit that to themselves but honestly, Tony, I feel like that's coming for you anyway. I feel like that's that's a that's or, a thing you're gonna have. Or Tony, to. or Tony would would be like, "Oh, Phil, he was right all along." <laughs> yeah, maybe well, Phil he, was right. Phil, Phil was right. I mean, look, man, if he doesn't realize, it's like us, right? If we were to be be professional wrestlers, say, right? And I think all three of us are extremely knowledgeable on what happens in the back. And just all the politics involved in professional wrestling, right? Tell me, you wouldn't expect all the sh all the eggshell walking, shark infesting, uh, backstabbing bullshit that happens in the world of professional wrestling. Tell me, you guys wouldn't expect that going in in the first place, right? Only smart people would fucking assume that it wouldn't be just a walk in the park. Well, a hundred percent. But I, I, you know. I had this conversation with Ben a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, and we were talking about, um, well, about TK and about the way that you know he doesn't seem to understand that he's literally, like, he's legitimately sitting in a pool full of sharks, and really? they're all just out to get his money, and he doesn't seem to understand any of that. And basically, what I said to Ben was, well, yeah, but listen, if you're those sharks, you're doing everything you can to try to protect him from seeing it. He's He's the prize pig for your farm. You're not you're not letting him see the slaughter. You're not letting right. him see every time you're cutting somebody's throat. You're keeping him in his nice little corner over there and you're petting him and you're feeding him the nice the nice slop, right? It's the, the fresher slop. slop, not the four day old slop that you're feeding everybody else. You're keeping him well fed and fat and happy and you're keeping him as far away from the slaughtering as you possibly can. That's what those guys are doing. What he needs is a big brother type to be like, Tony, listen, I know you want everybody to be your friend, but they're not. And you've got to stop thinking like that. You've got to start thinking like a boss if you want to be treated like a boss. You can't, you can't, you can't be dressing up like the fucking wrestlers. You can't be, you know, you can't, can't be, be hugging them either, man. You can't Fuck. be hugging them on all these fucking situations. I don't know people are like, yeah, but Triple H hugs people too. Yeah, but Triple H also looks like he would kick the shit out of you. And Tony Khan looks like the desperate kid in school who's paying someone to be his friend. That's what it looks like. Now, I could be completely wrong about TK's character. But that's exactly who he reminds me of is the really desperate kid in, in school who's going no oh, i don't um if i pay twenty dollars a week will you will you be my friend can i sit with you that's what he looks like to me and it just gets worse and worse every time somebody talks about one of the evps or one of these big deals leaving or going somewhere else it looks like you know tony's just kind of left going oh <laughs> oh I mean, look at the pat. situation with Phil. Look at that situation with Phil. Fucking Phil, his man. reactions, his fucking facial reactions when <laughs> Phil was going off like that at the at the uh, press conference actually convinced me that it was a, a work. 
I thought it was like I thought it was a work. I, thought, I remember I, you saying that. I thought there's no way this is real. There's no way because I'm looking at TK and he's just like yeah, the whole yeah, time. True. The whole time he's looking. He's looking like a fucking like a deer in the headlights. He has no idea what the fuck's going on. What wrestlers yeah. don't like each other? Wrestlers wrestlers say bad things to each other. I didn't know that this could possibly happen <laughs> in professional wrestling. Bro, like, I'll, 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 just, I'll just say, I'll just say this. I'll, I'll just say this. Tony Khan can pay me maybe a thousand dollars a week. I'll be his friend. I don't, I don't yeah, care. absolutely. I hang out with I, him. I'll party with him. I'll snort coke with him. You know, <laughs> but I'll do all the things for Tony as long as the, the check's clear. That's all uh, I ask. Shit, the the professor. Oh, I was gonna call call you Tony Coca from now on, but uh, you know what, man? Straight up. You know who's the one, you know how you're talking about, if you paid me and I'll be his best friend, Jericho is that guy, man. I guarantee you. Yes, Tony. No worries, Tony. You're great, Tony. But really, he's just fucking milking the motherfucker for, for all the money and for his own benefit. Hence why Jericho can just pretty much do whatever he wants. Well, anyway, and in his segment here today, he, like, they literally made it look like Jericho was just milking the other guy's opportunity. It, that that was the funniest thing. To me, that made me laugh out loud as I was watching it. I was like, I was like, oh, so you're telling me that Ricky Starks has an opportunity in an open challenge at the pay-per-view, which means he's going to be on TV and he's going to get some exposure. <laughs> Who comes out? Chris Jericho. Oh! I went, oh, okay. Well, at least they're throwing a little bit of realism in there. Chris Jericho's going, wait, this guy has this guy has TV time? This guy's getting uh, uh, attention? I need to be part of this segment. Ah, uh, Y2J, the gift that keeps on fucking giving. Well, Todd Brantley in the chat says, hey, yo, what up, Todd? What's, what's crack-a-lacking? Um, and, uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. It's true. But let's move on, though, because post-match from the Orange Cassidy match, uh, you we talk about get... that again? No, no, no. We're not going to talk about Claudio or anything like that. We're going to talk about your boy, Evil Uno, and Hangman Butterfly Page, who are interviewed backstage. Uno says he's heard Page talk so many times, and he's asked for them to stay out of his business, and all he hears is Dark Order isn't on Hangman's level. So he wants Adam to stay away tonight so that he can prove why his name is Evil Sloppy Jalopy. Cause that's what he is prof <laughs> anything to say about this stupid fucking uh tandem of a fucking uh promo in the back or we just move right along fellas well we can move right along but i'll just say this about <laughs> hangman page's character for the last four years you know people have got to explain to the professor and i, I might be scholarly <laughs> i might be glorious but no one could really give me a clear-cut answer about what the hell Hangman Adam Page's character is. He was what is a drunk. He? he was a drunk. <laughs> True. He was. He was. He was a. He was a cowboy kickasser. Then he became. You know, he had mental health a issues. Yeah, whatever. Right. Then he had <laughs> mental health issues. Now he's like, I need redemption to beat uh, John Moxley. But then the Dark Order keeps hovering. They're the <laughs> hanger-ons. So this is what makes Hangman Page, who's supposed to be, you know, one of the top pillars, one of the top contenders, a hanger-on. You don't hang on to the Dark Order. You hang on to the Four Horsemen. You hang on to the NWO. You hang on to DX. You (laughs) don't hang on to the Dark Order, no matter what. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Chris, yeehaw. Uh, 
let me take a stab at it uh, to try to explain Adam Page's character um, over the last four years. Adam Page um, is a homosexual cowboy. And <laughs> because of his homosexuality... And is, that bio- from... Wait, is he biological? I thought it was non-binary and all this pronoun. No, no, yeah. I, I, think, I think he's biological. just gay. I think he's just gay. Oh, um, he's happy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I think he's just a gay cowboy, and because he comes from a place where you're meant to be, you know, a big, tough, strong man, and because that's not how he feels inside. First, he tried to cover it with alcohol. He used to drink a lot to <laughs> try to point. cover up, you know, his sexuality and the, the feelings sure. that he was having. Then, you know, he uh, he started he started to hang out with some with some fellow gay people, but he was sort of keeping his distance from them. You know, like with that little short guy who's always talking about how much he wants to sleep with all the other wrestlers. In oh. the uh, you know, but but he was keeping his distance because he didn't want to make it too you know too obvious. At first, it was just like you know, hey guys, like I'm still a tough cowboy man, but but I'm friends with the gay guys because like you know I'm just gonna be their friend because they they deserve respect and everything. I mean, they listen, want you. I, they want you. They want you. And then then now, like he's trying to, now he's trying to sort of cover up his his you know his his sexuality by just being being the tough guy. And now he wants to beat up everybody because because yeah, Yeah. fuck you. I'm tough enough that I can kick everybody's ass, and I'm not gay. Fuck you. And and really, (laughs) I honestly think that the best thing for Adam Page would just be to come out of the closet, just be like, you know what, guys, I'm gay. And, you know, I'm happy with myself and I'm going to be a really good wrestler and I'm going to focus on winning wrestling matches. That's about the only, like, logical story that I can map out over the last four years for Adam Page. And you know what? Honestly, that story would actually be a good one. People would react positively if that was actually the story. The binary fineries out there would be down for it. The, the, The gay communities would be down for it. Heck, it seems like we're down for it. But like Todd says in the chat, not that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. That's what I mean. There's nothing wrong with... And I really wish wrestling would do this (laughs) at some point because wrestling would be the perfect place to do this, to have an openly gay character who's just gay. It's not that they're not not androgynous and they're not fucking Sunny Kiss and all that other shit. (laughs) Or Poofy. Hey, I'm gay, but I'm also a really good wrestler, and that's what I'm focusing on right now. Can you be good? Hey, hey. <laughs> but he, he's the gay cowboy, so he's the pitcher most likely. I mean, Ooh. yeah, yeah. He's got Absolutely. that. Way. Yeah, he's, it <laughs> seems that way. Not that anything wrong with that. I'm just saying he's got a good pitcher. Oh, he could wrestle Effie at GCW in the main event. Absolutely for the Gay World Championship or Gay Championship Wrestling, right there. I- I mean, hey, if the elite do go to the WWE, you know, we have something that 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 uh, that Tony can rebrand with. Yeah, and Todd also said, "Junkin' Cowboy, he loves butterflies." Yeah, yeah, pal, I love butterflies. It's, it's, it, Todd, it just <laughs> seems like you're underlining my my point here. The, the you know the the drug well, he also the drunk guy who likes butterflies and everything. So yeah. Brokeback Mountain Part Two, baby, yeehaw! Unfortunately, that started a famous Australian actor in uh, Heath Ledger. Wasn't he in that movie? yes and yes like he's an excellent actor i never watched that movie but he's an excellent neither have i (laughs) oh did we (laughs) no 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 i haven't actually watched i see the dvd on the left side right there jimmy t so that's all right who told you i mean (laughs) anyway uh look there's nothing wrong with being gay whoops at all at all at all absolutely no if he wants to go that route but Hey, look, Todd says my sister's gay, so no judgment here. Absolutely not. 
That's it. But you know what? I have uh, many, many friends who are gay. I, there's, me too. There's, there's zero judgment. I'm just saying like, <laughs> that would actually be an interesting character development for him. That would, and it Strange. would actually, Strange. that's all I say. And it would actually tie in all of the <laughs> nonsense that he's gone through over the last four years. And if it, you're not going to do that, sense. it makes sense. And if you're not going to go that route, then fuck it. Make him turn on fucking the darkest of orders. And absolutely annihilate these guys, man. Especially Johnny Hungy and Uno. Because Johnny Hungy, if you watch uh, Being the Elite, which I no. haven't in months, but if you do, no. you'll see he had an obsession with Adam Cole's dick. Like, legit. Like, legitly. He, he wanted to eat Adam Cole's dick. Like, I'm not thank, kidding. Thank God I don't watch the Elite anymore. <laughs> yeah, to, the point, to, to the point where poor old Adam Cole, baby, was like, what's wrong with you? Like that, he would find him in his hotel room, in the bed, in his bed. Oh like, God. yeah, it's that fucked up. I'm not kidding. He's hungry, all right. But uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the chat is. <laughs> but isn't he dating Brie Baker? No, that's Adam Cole, baby, homeboy, just quietly. And uh, Facebook user says, I see it's still penis. Everything is penis here at the PWC, man. Come on. You got to give the people what they want. <laughs> anyway, let's fucking move on, please. Because uh, speaking of gay, we got absolute Ricky Starks making his entrance. And then we go to the break. But anyway, he gets on the mic as we come back. He gets right to it because he doesn't want to get in trouble for going over time. And says he's dealt with the interference from Jericho's Appreciation Society. And to him, the message is clear. Chris Jericho doesn't want a rematch and he accepts so that's so he's going to move on but what he has here is an open challenge for a match against him at Revolution and he'll be damned if he's left off this pay-per-view he knows somebody back there is itching their butt sorry I just added that in to get on the cards so get out here and they'll do the damn thing whatever that friggin means well anywho enter Chris Jericho he sees what Ricky is trying to do here to bait him into another match and he's not over and done with Chris Jericho until he says so. He beat him once, and congratulations. That's a career highlight, and it's never going to happen again. He could beat Starks anytime, any place, anywhere, but it won't happen because he's simply not at Jericho's level. So good luck with the open challenge. He hopes it goes well for him. And then, geez, it gets gayer. Enter pretty Peter Avalon. He wants to... <laughs> He wants to answer the open challenge, but Jericho drops him with the Judas effect from his spiked blazer. Chris gets in that, the ring. That actually would have made me pay 50 bucks for Revolution just to see Pretty oh. Pete Avalon against Ricky Starks. I, I, oh. That's a main event that we're, we are going to miss out. That's a oh. banger. That's a, that's a banger, all right. Well, anyway, Chris gets in the ring and says, this is what happens with an open challenge, and maybe he should take the contract and embarrass his stupid ass. Then Starks tells him he can sign it, but we all know what will happen. Jess will jump him again. But he wants to ask this, though, Prof. He's the Chris Jericho who beat two legends in one night. And does he really need the Jericho Appreciation Society to beat the absolute one in Ricky Starks? Jericho then asks if he really thinks he can't beat him 101. And Starks sort of bemuses him, saying he believes Chris can beat him. But Jericho says damn right he can beat him. And he can beat him one-on-one -on -one because he's the one of the best to ever do this. He'll sign a contract and he'll add a stipulation saying, Jass are banned from ringside, except he doesn't have a pen. <laughs> Ricky acts sort of uh, 
shocked before revealing that he has a pen inside his blazer pocket as Jericho takes it with a proper list of Jericho click flourish and makes it official for revolution but be careful what you wish for because nobody outsmarts the Ocho Prof See, I think you is... outsmart the Ocho bro y yes I can very easily I can, smart. easily I can outsmart the Ocho the Nueva the DS but neither here nor there but <laughs> let me just say this every time that Chris Jericho does this kind of segment it's it recycles itself Remember a sure couple does. of months ago, it was like, I want the Lionheart. I think it was Moxley. I want the old Chris Jericho. I want the old Lionheart. This is recycling the same thing again. I want the, the Chris Jericho that beat the that beat the Rock and Steve Austin on, in one night. I want the undisputed champion Chris Jericho. I want the first AEW champion. How many times does TK realize that you're recycling the same thing? You just, you know... You can, it's still the same shit. You just might wipe it off, but it's still the same shit. That's all I'm trying to say here. Uh -huh. Now, the positive, and of course, JBT, you remember before we recorded, I said there are some positives. The crowd made it made it fun. The crowd made it entertaining. And of course, Ricky Starks with the pen motion. That's what was over, that's, bro. That's what was <laughs> over. That's what popped me. So I'm going to give him that. But to get to that part, to get to that point, you're recycling the same thing that you did months ago with Chris Jericho saying, I need to get the Lionheart Chris Jericho. I need to get the Undisputed Champion from WWE Chris Jericho. I need to get even the WCW uh, Chris Jericho with Ralphus. I don't care, but you're doing the same storyline over and over and over again. It's just re redundant here. I wish people could understand that. That would be a great uh, actual use of Evil Uno, actually. He could be the new Ralphus. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be brilliant. That would fucking be brilliant. No shit. Like, I'd prefer Ralphus any day over fucking Uno. Any day. Yeah, yes. I mean, he talks like this, Chris. I can't even do it. I mean, he's like, yo, Chris, uh, I hate to say it, but he is Canadian, Chris. I'm sorry, yeah, bro. He's, he's, he's very French-Canadian, yes. And, uh, <laughs> Nothing, everything <laughs> wrong with that. Wee wee, wee wee. Anyway, that's funny. I, I will say that. Yeah, nah, it is what it is. But Chris, is there anything else you need to say about this shit? Not really. I mean, but I mean, you heard what you guys just said. The thing that was most over about the entire segment was something that Chris Jericho did five years ago in another company. Click, click. It's the I mean, festival of friendship, the list as well. And yeah, Chris Jericho's entire thing, like the reason why there are people who argue that he's one of the greatest of all time. And I think that the argument is, is worth actually going into. There's a reason why people say he's one of the greatest of all time. It's because Chris Jericho has been able to reinvent himself better than any other wrestler on, on a consistent basis, maybe ever. Chris Jericho has been facade, able to do that. Chris. I think it's a real facade, though. It, but it's continue. not. It's not. He goes away for long enough that when he comes back, he's thought of something good. It's hard to make up something new when you're constantly being asked to go through the rigors of everything and have your match and do your thing and get these guys over Chris and Chris, what should I do? And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He needs to go away for a few months, like go away for three, four <laughs> months, figure out what he wants to do with a new character, with a new thing to reinvent himself. 
and then come back and do it. Because I honestly don't know what the difference is between the current group that he's in and the last group that he was in. It looks like the exact same idea. It looks like the exact same story. We're going to put a couple guys with them that we think can probably get over and also a tag team um, so that we can be a part of any of any segment we want. I get, uh, what, I get what you're saying, Chris. Uh, let me just say this. I'll retort back in this instance because I'm going to go for – I'm going to defend Chris Jericho to a, to a degree. It's that he can't stay away for three mo- three or four months. The, the problem is his age. He's already in his 50s. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of time. Number two, I think he understands I need to be on TV at least every week. I need to be involved in any angle that I can do. I need to rub off on the on the young guys. That sounded gay, but uh, you know where I'm going. <laughs> I, need, I need to be going against Orange Cassie. I need to go against Ricky Starks. I need to be on the high relevant. card. I need to be right. relevant. That's, that's the word I'm looking for, Jimmy T. I need to be relevant in any way, shape, or form. So this segment is just an example of Chris Jericho being smart to the business, getting himself smart. over, and just, you know, putting himself on. He actually did – this is like backstabbing politicking right here. Ah, he politicked himself. The analogy right there. He literally 100%. politicked himself to get on a revolution, and he 100%. did it. And the people in the AEW locker room just saw it. They put it on TV. He just showed you I can politic to get my – Get myself over onto Revolution for no reason at all. And he's cunning too, Prof. He does it in a cunning way, but it's so obvious, man. And that's what yeah. I meant before that he's uh, uh, TK's best friend, literally, because he's like, yeah, no worries, Tony. He does it for his own benefit, man, just so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And and hey, you know, more power to him for doing that, man. That's part of the game. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Chris, are we right? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I'm Chris Jericho, I- I'm just saying no. I'm gonna be on. Sh- I'm gonna be on the show every fucking week. Fuck you. But I mean, this is where this is where like sometimes wrestlers need to be saved from themselves, and sometimes bookers need to be saved from themselves. There needs to be someone backstage who can see all of this clearly and say, "Okay, Chris, this is stale as fuck. I know you want to be in the show. I- and listen, it's important to us that you're a part of the show." You're our legend. You are the first world champion. You are so much to this company. You mean the world to us. But we need you to go away, take a little break, and come back. We know you don't have years and years and years left. You know, we know that. But we want to get one last really fucking good run out of you. We want to get one last list of Jericho out of you. We want to get one last undisputed champion Chris Jericho out of you. We want to get one last kick out of you that's a real actual kick at the can because right now yes, you're relevant in as much as you're on TV but your entire character is the opposite. It's irrelevant. No, you're spot on, man. It's true. I mean, fuck. (laughs) Like I said, more power to him but we have a few more comments in the chat. Todd says, shouldn't Jericho be the one challenging Starks since Starks beat him? That's true. I agree. That's actually spot on. Facebook user says the whole promotion is kids doing reruns. Yeah, it's a parody of professional wrestling, in my opinion, man. From the referees to the friggin' wrestlers. It's, yeah. Evil doses, Ralph. That's obviously Jeff. (laughs) It's obviously Jeff Lippman. 
well, that was no, my Jeff. idea. That was my idea. Don't forget, Dude. I'm the brilliant. You know, I'm I'm also brilliant. We have we have the professor who obviously is brilliant and glorious and all the wonderful things that he is. But I'm also pretty smart. See? You know, I'm not you just fat and sweaty. It. I'm smart too. <laughs> You know, he's not just fat and sweaty. He's smart. It's true. Absolutely smart. I well, was bloody today, too. Actually, T Todd Brantley just, just uh, sent me a message and said, you know, don't don't make a habit of sweat of bleeding so much, Chris. And I said, well, <laughs> if I do it three more times, I get to main event dynamite. <laughs> right there. Exactly. I mean, we can call you Chris Moxley from now on. That's right. Chris Moxley. There you go. Chris, Chris Moxley. And I'll talk just like this <laughs> whenever I'm on. <laughs> oh fuck me anyway um i'm not even gonna bother saying more about this because yeah, it goes from bad to worse except for the intro because it's the acclaimed in anthony bowens and max caster versus the firm dicks in big dick morrissey and the cat himself lee moriarty uh, well the only thing I liked about this freaking thing was one, Big Bill gave us a freaking gif or a gif, whatever you want to call it. That's one where he's like, I can't even do the eye thing. You could do it. There you go, Chris. That was funny. I'll give him that. And two, he's soft and you can't teach that. And he mentioned his girlfriend on top of that. That was funny. But um, hopefully this leads to an Enzo fucking appearing. I, I mean, shit. That would save the show for me at this point. You know what I'm saying? He's like, hey, what do we have here? A couple of haters? I'd love to hear that. Honestly, I'm an Enzo fan. Just quietly, boys. But, uh, yeah. Nothing wrong, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But, again, the problem is TV time. The problem is you have a big roster. And then cares, if you bro, bring in Enzo, somebody is going to have to fall to the wayside. Bro, he's four I, foot nothing. He's going to get a lot of TV time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is true. But I'm just saying. It's true. The, here, here's the thing. Here, we, we understand that this match is a <laughs> filler. Is a filler for the acclaim. The acclaim needs all the momentum to get to Revolution for this four-way tag team match. Whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. So this way they can become was it two two-time tag team champions. Their, their quest. This is a filler. I, I hate that the firm has to be sacrificed for this because what the hell did you put? You know, you signed Big Dick Morrissey. Why the <laughs> yeah. hell are you trying to push? The, the cat tiger style Lee Moriarty for nothing. Why the hell are you wasting the talents of untapped potential Stokely Hathaway with these also rants? They did the same, Triple H did the same thing in NXT when he was there, giving him nothing. So you're doing True. the same thing in AEW with giving him also rants here. So again, you're wasting talent right now. Again, Stokely Hathaway, I like his character. I like what he Me does. Too. I like what he does on TV. And you're right. Max casted his thing with the rap and stuff like that, but this was a filler match. It was just a filler match to get to another point. Yeah, it was nothing. It was pretty much a glorified squash match, pretty much. And uh, Nothing wrong with a squash match. No, 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 absolutely not. Todd says, don't hold your breath, Jimmy T. I know, bro, I know, but shit. I, I can hope, right? I mean, shit. <laughs> I'm assuming he means about um, Enzo. Uh, or is that Enzo with the N? Can we call him Biggie Smalls if they're a tag team? Yeah. Biggie Smalls, why not? You can't teach that. You can't teach fucking height, man. That's trademark. You got to buy that off of uh, oh. Diddy. All right. You can't learn that. How's that? Ha <laughs> There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, um, the acclaimed win by Pinfall with a mic drop 
from Max Caster onto the cat, Lee Moriarty, and that's that. But after that, we get Tony Schiavone interviewing Christian Cage on the stage. Jeez, that rhymed. Anyway, oh, he's ready to win Jungle Boy. Jack Perry takes Cage down and wails on him with punches, dusting his heels off on Christian. Jungle Boy takes his leave as then Perry comes back with a pair of chairs in hand and drags Cage over to one, stepping on his neck. A stomp to the neck stops Christian's wiggling and Perry holds the chair over him, but he can't do it at first. With a big wind-up, Cage punches him in the gentleman's area, the balls, and bashes him with the chair, grinding Jack's face into the chair, smashing it into the steel over and over as Perry's forehead is bleeding. Ooh, more blood. And Christian shows it to the camera before stepping on his until referees and the medic come to check on him. And that's that. Fuck Jungle Boy at this point. Fuck Jack Perry. I mean, seriously, how many times do you want to have Christian beat the shit out of him and then Christian's going to end up losing? Right, Prof? Unfortunately, this story has to be finished, which it never got the opportunity to do because it's Christian Cage was... man. No, no, but again, to be fair here, to be fair, <laughs> Christian, Christian Cage was hurt. He, I think it was a, a shoulder injury, so you couldn't finish the story off. That's where Luchasaurus had to come in as, and sub in for Jungle Jack Perry to, you know, yeah. get his get his singles push. Where is Luchasaurus, by the way? But neither here nor there. But you Who got cares? this I'm is the match that, you know, <laughs> technically this is the match that people are interested in to see Christian Cage and Jungle Jack Perry to do this. You do it at Revolution. So this is supposedly, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I know Chris Ambrose will retort back and have a different opinion about, about this. But this is actually long-term storytelling. We were just having, we had to wait for the injury. To, we had to wait for him to be healthy enough to finally tell this story. And it will culminate at Revolution. Uh, Chris? Yeah, sometimes, um, sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. Um, <laughs> sometimes the best thing you can do with a story that has gone so shit is to just say, you know what, this is done. Have Christian come back in another, is doing something else. Have him and Jungle Boy run into each other backstage. Have them say, listen, I know where we left things. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe they have a match on Dynamite. I do not, it, by any stretch of the imagination need or want to see these two do anything more than they absolutely have to to finish this. It could have been that simple and we could have had something more interesting happening. Instead, we've got Jungle Jack Perry, who came out one week and did the tag team with Hook and people, people there was a little bit of buzz about that, so we had to say, no, I don't, I don't want to have a real tag team with Hook. I want to go after a singles championship. Which one? Doesn't fucking matter, apparently, because he doesn't give a shit. Just give me a belt. Uh, so, cool. Let's just give him the FTW championship and stay to hell with it. Um, but along comes Christian, who's back now, and now they need to finish their problem. But nobody cares. I mean, really, nobody cares. At this point, this is a story that has lasted almost a year, but it's a story Probably that a year, nobody easy. wants to see. I couldn't care less, man. Straight up. I don't care about jumping Jack Perry. I don't... I kind of care about Christian, but... Who cares at this point? Um, I just don't care. Like, this is a Jimmy Crack corner, and I don't care moment. 
That's and my, revolution. Yeah. Well, yeah. And revolution is shaping up to be a banger of a show, but not really. Like I'm not paying fifty bucks for this. Oh if hell no! If, if Christian and Jungle Boy are are meant to be like a serious part of the pay per view, I don't give a fuck. I'm not getting any money. <laughs> oh, jeez. Where's... Maybe on YouTube for the pre-show. I'm just saying. You'll watch it. Eh, nah, this no. is too much of a hu- if, huge. If it's match. on the pre-show, if it's on the pre-show, that's what I'm skipping for the day. Fuck that. Oh fuck yeah! I'm hoping, but let's be honest, Prof. That shit ain't gonna be on the pre-show. No, I'm, not, I'm just saying the constellation for you guys not giving a fuck would be put it on the pre-show. No, so and I mean, listen, you're not going to find a lot of people, even even in what we do, like even in, even amongst the other people who do podcasts, you're not going to find a lot of people who love Christian as much as I love Christian. I True. love that guy. He is one of my all-time favorites. Um, him and Edge and you know him and Edge are legitimately my favorite tag team of all time. They are my favorite really? tag team ever, and. I have loved the idea of a Christian push since he first won the light heavyweight championship in WWE mm, in yeah. his first match, by the way. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> um, That's true. I love Christian, but this whole thing is just completely done for me. It's like, it, it. this is a lot like the Chris Jericho thing at this point, where I'm just, I've seen it. I'm tired. Do something else. Chris, I hate to say it to you, man, but do you notice a trend? I Do you mean, know what that trend is? Canadians, me. bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, <laughs> and I hate Kenny Omega. I don't know. It's like oh, I just, no. I, French I Canadians, is, it, is there a difference just in case, you know, just to give an out? Well, French Canadians. Oh, right. Uno. Jesus. <laughs> Winnipeg. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying, you know. Ottawa. Hey, Grayson. I, oh. Okay, you know what? You know, you know what? You, you know what? Fine. But on the WWE. <laughs> Our representation is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So fair I'm point. Fine. Fair point. I'm fine. Fair point. He's got a point. I'll give him that. He, you, you redeemed yourself. No pun intended to the redeemer who hasn't redeemed shit with that comment. Because over at the other, at the big leagues, the the French Canadians are the shit over there. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's not here or there. Uh, but next, this is getting even more fucking ridiculous because it's a blue movie, guys. Get it? Blue movie? You know what that means, right? I mean, come on, fellas. It is Soraya versus Sky Blue. <laughs> Sky Blue, I said. Prof, you're wearing blue. Is Brad Maddox directing this blue movie? <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, he could be. I mean, shit. But, uh, yeah, Soraya wins, whatever. Couldn't care less. I Prof. still think that they should have packaged that whole video and just called it up, <laughs> up, down, down. It would have been Ooh, fucking yeah, exactly. great. That's... Would have been great for his brand. <laughs> Shout out to Javier Woods, just quietly. <laughs> That's his poor name, Javier. This, this, this shows where TK loses his focus. Unless he's giving Kenny Omega carte blanche to, to book <laughs> this, then Kenny Omega don't know what he's doing because all he cares about is like the, the Joshi uh, women, like Riho yes. and stuff like that. He'll yes, give them time. Whatever the case may be. I'm just saying. But <laughs> you got Saran. This was supposed to be a game changer. I, I, I love this word. The game changer <laughs> for that, the women's di- for the women's division. And he's, I think you and I talked I think you and I talked about this on the on the Facebook uh, fan page. I was like, what the hell is going on from grand opening to grand closing? She started off hot and then just fell off in the span 
of weeks that you don't do that. You have a hot debut and you have a hot match, supposedly, a hot banger match at, in New Jersey. <laughs> hot banger, then, all right. Yeah, Brad Maddox approves <laughs> it. But I'm just going to say this. You go from that, the highest of highs to the lowest of lows that no one cares, and then for Tony Stone, poor Tony Stone, she hates cake on, in one company, and now she's got to spray paint people in the ass. What the hell do they do? Why is Tony Storm destined for these embarrassing gimmicks? I'd rather take the cake. I'm just saying that's me. I'd rather that take the cake. That makes two of us. She hates cake in one company, and in the other company, she has to wear cake on her face every week. It's great. But it just shows the lack of direction for the women's division. The Supposedly, the outsiders against the homegrown talents. <laughs> yeah. The outsiders. With Ruby, with Ruby Soho playing woman in the middle, like, where am I going <laughs> to join? It is so, and the acting is so boring. The direction is so boring. The storytelling is so redundantly stupid that, again, this is this is one of those I don't give a damn moments. It really is. It, but Soraya is supposed to be the game changer. Soraya is supposed to take the women's division to the next level, and she hasn't done that. Uh, Are we playing you... porno music? What? Are you playing porno well, music? Close enough. It's Marrow's place, <laughs> prof. <laughs> because this is TK's way of fucking trying to do some sort of television. But unfortunately, I'd rather be watching Marrow's place reruns from back in the 90s. Just saying. All right. I mean? now, you, now you will save the match, the triple threat match with Heather Locklear as the special guest. <laughs> that's what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good Easter egg. Because every time she got introduced on that show, she was the special guest star in the show, ironically. So that's a good one. I like that. That's that's very good. But fuck, it's true. This shit is Marrow's place, but not Marrow's place. More like the you know, the, the rebirth of Marrow's place that they try to do many years later. They absolutely suck balls. That's that. That's what it is. I mean shit. And everyone's had a piece of Soraya at this point. I mean fuck. She should have been in Marrow's place. Where's Michael Mancini when you need him? Just saying, Chris, have you got anything else to say about this crap? No, fuck this. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is that last week, the way that they went off the air, or was it last week or the week before, uh, with Ruby Soho kind of standing in the ring, just rolling her eyes like fucking bitches can't get along, uh, <sighs> that made me laugh so much coming from this company that wants to be so fucking PC. And they just go off the air with basically the physical representation of. Bitches can't get along. It's fucking well, that's great. What, hence Marrow's Place, Chris. Because bitches <laughs> never got along in Marrow's Place. Great show, just quietly. But still, bitches not, couldn't get it's along. It's not 90210, though. Not Beverly Hills It's not, but you know what? Interesting hey, fun Perry's fact. Jack Perry's dad was on that. And of course. Well, fun fact, guys, and I'm sure uh, the professor will know about this. Because I can sense he was a Marrow's Place fan. 100%. No, 90210 fan. Ah. But Marrow's Place started from 90210, if you remember, with Jenny no, Garth it, and it, Jake. It, 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 was remember? The, it was a spinoff. Right. Yes, it was it a was, spinoff. Yeah. I did and watch a couple episodes. Oh, I didn't know man, that Heather still. Locklear was the hoe. She was the hoe. She, she slept with everybody hoe. in the building she owns. So, so, you know, that's a fun fact. <laughs> that's true. I'm beginning I mean, to seriously question the sexuality of my two co-hosts. <laughs> hey, what are you saying? We're being very manly here, not gay. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Guys, I'm not judging. That's, I'm just saying. That's very ungay. Starting just, to go through saying. my head a little bit. Oh, jeez. I'm just saying it's a talent for Heather Locklear <laughs> to bang a guy on the third floor and work her way down to the first floor. It was a talent for six years. And then and get to the pool, too, on the first floor, just yes. quietly. But uh, anyway, 
Anyway, let's continue on. That was whatever that was. And uh, Ruby Riot, Soho, whatever the fuck. Girl, boy, has AW done a great job at exposing her weaknesses. Because that's all we get. We just see how shit she is week in, week out. When at least in WWE, they were able to an extent, you know, hide her weaknesses a lot better. Whereas AW just... No, the the exposure was there too because no not as cared. much though. I did say to an extent. I, I didn't say all the way, but she was more well, over here, in here, WWE. Here's, here's here's the thing. This is where TK dropped the ball on Ruby Soho. She should have won the TBS title, but she didn't because they wanted Jay Cargill to be unde- undefeated still. Right. She she had those chances to be one of the top women, but TK again dropped the ball on that. Then she got hurt because of Ty Conte again. You can, devil's advocate there, but the injury does play, you know, hinder the momentum, quote unquote. Oh yes, of course. Now she the gets momentum. her chance to be on Revolution in a high marquee match, but again, what are we doing here? You know, the homegrown people, and then Ruby Soho is the one in the middle because the funny thing about this homegrown against the outsiders thing. Fucking dumb. Everybody, every woman wanted to join AEW because it was a breath of fresh air. Soraya wanted Soraya wanted to be in a company where the women, you know, can express themselves and to see who's the top woman. It was never about you don't give credence to the WWE because then you're actually saying that their operation is way better than AEW's operation. This is where the mistake was made with WCW. You gave credence to WWE's operation. You made them, you know, you made WWE feel bigger. You don't do the outsider's bit because everybody else is going to just say WWE's better. You're actually telling your audience, fuck AEW. WWE is way better in its operation and its storytelling and its roster and what they do. That's what it is. Also, do you know why, do you know why high fantasy is so hard to do? Like why, like... Of all the things that there are books of, that there are many, many books of, right? There's all kinds of, you know, sci-fi gets made. and But high fantasy is really, really difficult to sell. Do you know why? It's because Lord of the Rings is damn near motherfucking perfect. If you're going to repeat a storyline, if you're going to do something that looks this much like another storyline, you better be fucking awesome. Okay, if you're gonna redo the Outsiders, you better do it fucking great, because this half-assed shit with these fucking r- just Hose? ridiculous women. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. At some point, somebody's got to seriously tell Soraya that like, baby girl is just not. It doesn't sound good coming out of your mouth. It it active. Yeah. It makes people want to turn the fucking TV off when they hear you say baby girl they just want to turn it off um she's also not a great wrestler at this point um she Which is was understandable she, she was, was she's rusty 22 right. 23 right. she really was an excellent wrestler That's absolutely but she hasn't been fully active for six years and during most of that time she's been what doing drugs with alberto del rio or and uh taking uh making films um, <laughs> but like hey. AVN Female Performer of the Year 2017 hey. or 2018, you know. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Good for you. Golf clap. Um, <laughs> the golden dildo is still that's, something. That's but who who that figured their assholes like better? That, that sounds less like a golf clap 
but 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 I what I what I want to know, guys, who did the fucking the the KD better, the the thumb in the ass? Was it Ricochet or Soraya? <laughs> and who's who's was it well, after all? I didn't see Ricochet's. Jim. Neither you have can, I. <laughs> Neither of I don't want to see it, but I know what went down. That's all that I'm matters. I'm having more and more questions as this conversation continues. <laughs> question Jimmy T, himbo. Hey, don't question me. I'm, gr- I'm Greek, but not that Greek. Come on, fellas. God, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Soraya wins via submission. Uh, funny enough. With a scorpion cross lock and post-match, the SS's. Can we call these girls PMS at this point? Let's, let's go with PMS. SS's. Yeah, that's good too. Well, Soraya the Germans. The right? <laughs> <Z> Germans. <laughs> hey, go to spray blue with green paint. But why green? Because they're all green. The like, fuck? I don't get it. Like, I love anyway. how the SS is attacking people. On <laughs> <laughs> this is Mahus. <laughs> the SS. They should just call it the SS. Fuck it. Anyway, and they spray and whatever and baker comes down to and uh ruby soho cuts him off blah 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 who cares whatever but we should care next guys because as we come back from commercial we get the american dragoon brian danielson making his entrance he says it's great to be back in phoenix arizona his real home just quietly not washington and gets a thunderous yes chant from the audience he says he's going to do everything in his power to beat Maxwell Jacob Friedman for the AEW World Championship. But first, he wants to talk about what MJF said last week. And then Friedman came in this ring and said he hates Brian Danielson. So let's get this straight. He tries to break his friend's arm and he hates him. He puts a bounty on his head to try and injure him so he doesn't even get to the pay-per-view. And did I mention he mentions again that he hates him? He hospitalized his mentor, William Regal. No, not really, Daniel, just quietly. And he hates him again. And to say he truly hates him, apparently. Enter MJF, though. He says Brian might have these schmucks twisted. <laughs> but he knows who he really is, and he knows who he really is. He's the guy who got... Can, can I say something, uh, Jimmy T, for a second? Please, absolutely. The, the way you're presenting this for the... Skirmites here if they didn't the see uh, dynamite you're very diplomatic i want to say this this was the fair, weakest fair and the worst mjf promo that he did last night against the american dragon brian danielson it's getting worse prof every week as a matter of and, fact and here, here's the problem i have with with the mjf's uh, promo the thing i have how many times do you want to go playing the victim you know what i'm True. saying well, every... well, prof, he is... Um, no, no, um, no. How many times, you know, with the William Regal he thing, he, he felt re- rejected. He felt, you know, ba- abandoned. He felt like the, this, you know, this weak Little kid. Jew boy. Yeah, the little Jew boy weakling. Then he, he talks about he, he lost his uh, fiance. If it's real or okay, Apparently I don't, that's true. I don't care. But again, your presentation meets, speaks volumes. Let me just say this for the skirmites. <laughs> and this is why I think I said this on the, on the skirmish a while ago. What did I say to you, Jimmy T? What did I say, Hambones, for MJF to, to get to the next level? Watch Rowdy Piper. Watch his matches. Watch, now I have to say this, MJF. Watch his promos. <laughs> when the hell in Rowdy Piper's heelish moments 
did you ever feel like he was he was a know, victim he, he felt like a victim never never, never presented that he never. always presented himself as he's smarter than you he's he needs to be dangerous you. there you go he needs to be dangerous this wasn't dangerous this was a this was a man who had a mental health a block. <laughs> yes, that's the problem I have with that. Right. So you're you're killing MJF's heelish moments for me, and that's why I just I thought this was his weakest promo. I love MJF. You know this, Jimmy T. You know this, Hambos. I love MJF because if I'm gonna compare him to Roddy Piper, all I ever say is watch his matches for the psychology. But now I'm gonna have to say this: watch his promos. To, to engage the audience. Of course, the fans, the AEW Marktards in the arena are going to eat up everything he says, but presentation is key. And the way you heal has got to be, be presented as the most dangerous cerebral guy. Did Triple H, even the B-plus player Triple H, did he ever present himself in, his, in the heelish moments as a victim? Never. No. Find me that, Skirmites. Find me that. MJF, I find like four times that he's been the victim. That's not a good presentation. Four, at least, right. Actually, it's pretty much spot on, four times. And it all started with the Drew Boy promo about six months ago. Chris, I think the prof has hit the nail on the head with that one, man. I couldn't have put it better myself, but he's right. Well, and also, I mean, some of some of what he's done about that has been completely unrealistic, too. He's he's from Connecticut, and he's talking about how he was he was, you know, he was so put upon because of his Judaism, and it's like you're from Connecticut. That's like a Mormon well, saying that they were put upon from, from Mormonism Rhode Island, from Salt Lake City. No, like, Long, Long, well, Long Island, Island Long Island, Long Island. Yeah, Long yeah, okay. Island, New York. Okay, New York. Yeah, right. Because because there's no Jews in New York. There's zero no. Jews in in Long Island, New York. Come on, man. Like they, my 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 comment stands. It stands. It's basically like saying, well, you know, everyone picked I'm on just me. Making, I was I'm, a, just making sure I was I'm just making sure your GPS is. I'm just making sure your GPS is focused on on the right area. That's all. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, man. Like he's he does have to be more threatening. He has to be more menacing. More menacing. This this is exactly where though I think that some of this comes down to some of this comes down to him uh, saying the wrong thing in promos. I think. But I also think that you could mask some of this a little bit better if his matches came across a little bit more uh, dominant too. You know, he's he's in a life and death struggle to be take a shit sushimi. Uh, like, <laughs> why? Why but did he have, AW, to have that man. match? That's now, AEW, yeah, but, bro. Yes, but like again, I will ask you: Do you remember when? Remember when Stone Cold Steve Austin went twenty-five <laughs> minutes against Midian? <laughs> no yeah of course i did nobody remembers that do you know why it's because he, he, did, Steve he, Austin... did, he did go 15 minutes with savio vega if that, if that matters okay but that was before <laughs> he was he, that also was like earlier in the career that was when he was still intercontinental hey, savio was over during that time <clears throat> come on and also savio is a much much better wrestler than <clears throat> absolutely sushimi um but psychology wise he was absolutely but, was but anyways like this is what i'm saying like you can mask some of the bad promos if the wrestling if the in-ring stuff seems more dominant if it seems more you know he should have beaten take a shit in about six minutes <laughs> i mean i i actually like listen like all, all my jokes aside Takeshka's actually not a bad wrestler like, no he's great he's a great wrestler no, he's even real, got yeah. good size i i don't mind Takeshka. 
Um, your world champion is supposed to be a world champion for a reason. Fuck. Yeah, well, that's right. He's, yes. no, he's not world champion material, that's for sure. Your, your world champion needs to go out there against that guy. He can get three or four hope spots in a match. But other than that, MJF needs to be basically toying with this guy. <laughs> you know, you need to see MJF basically take a, take a, you know, take a, a page shit. out of Chris Jericho <laughs> and do the one foot on the chest and flex. For, that's for a couple of, that's for a fucking couple of times. He needs to absolutely. And when he's done, when he's got him in that fucking salt of the earth, and he's tapping out, he needs to be laughing. <laughs> and not letting <laughs> go either. Where the riffs are shit. trying to get him. Don't let fucking... him go. Referees, referees and he's trying talking to, get to the him camera. Off. Right. Where he's like, talks Daniel Bryan, I'm gonna fuck you talks up. To the camera. Yeah, right. Brian, this is what's coming for you. This is yeah. what's coming for you. Make sure you make sure you tell your kids this is. Make sure you yeah. tell your kids not to watch Birdie. the pay per view, etc. Like, tell Birdie not to watch this <laughs> this pay per view because yeah. this is what she's gonna see happen to her dad. Like, get heat, get actual heat in your matches, and then you know, yes, he needs to do a better job of like the wording and stuff like that. He can't be a victim unless, I mean, unless the, they're trying to turn him face. Which woke. is just the worst <laughs> thing in the world. And yeah, okay, yeah, I hate woke people who think they're the victim Same, all the time. Dude. But I, I don't hate people who are actually victimized. So no, that's different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a really tight rope to walk yeah. and one that yeah. I don't you think have, anyone you in have professional have wrestling You have to have balance yeah. on Right, that. right, absolutely. No, you, you, both of you guys are 100% correct. But uh, for what, and, and I thought, you know, really MJF should know better. That's the thing. But clearly he doesn't, or he's not allowed to do what he wants. I mean, I don't know what to say. But at this point, let's be real, guys. Has this been a stale world championship run? I think it has. Prof. Again, the problem with TK is like you have so many on the roster, you try to put TV time. But the world champion has to garner the most TV time no matter what. Every week, every right. promo, or whatever, every vignette. Again, I don't have no problem with, you know, if you want him to be on TV every week, that's that's fine with me because, again, this is, again, one of the, the longest-running storylines between MJF and Brian Danielson. That's fine. You use the William Regal heat, that's fine, too. I, again, I'm just – the problem I have is his promos, again, the, the victim card. When you play the victim card, I can't take you as menacing. I can't take you as dangerous. I, yeah. I just look at you as a whiner. If you're a yeah. whiner to me, it just doesn't come off as very as something that's very intimidating to me. He's really Uday in a sense, bro. Just better. I don't know. That's a better step up. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, no, no, no. Just better than Uday now because he's a whiner, dude. Isn't far. that what Uday does? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to say it. Uday, all he does is cry and fucking high-pitched fucking whiner. MJF is fucking being a whiner, man. Like, he's, this is what we call here in Australia a sook. A sook means a crybaby. Yeah, but if you, but listen, you could get away with that too. But you'd have to lean more into the complaining and less into the like logical, actual things that could be a real problem. Right. He, he could would, Angle played that role well? Say, he would need to say something like, well, "You know, when I was going to high school, you know, the 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 kids picked on me because I was Jewish, and only eighty five percent of my high school was Jewish." You know, yeah. needs yeah, to exactly. lean into it if that's what he's doing. If that's what he's doing, then he's got to make it clear that okay, I'm complaining about something that I have absolutely no right to complain you, about. You, you just nailed it right there. You need to be the cynical victim. 
It just doesn't. Yeah. You, you can play the victim, but then you have to be so cynical with it that it's like, oh, you're it draws hate. Yeah, right. where it draws oh, heat, and then you're like, this ain't even being a victim. You're just making shit yeah. up. That's funny shit. I can go yeah. with that. But he just he cried about losing his fiance. He cries about being the victim, not being picked in WWE with William Regal back then. So that's the problem I have with that. Watch the promos, MJF. Watch Piper promos. I said, yep. just just do something. Just, just change the character up a little bit. Yeah, like he's he's getting stale for me, man. Uh, I don't know, but whatever. I mean, he was the biggest part. I don't know. I'm not gonna say he's getting stale. I'm gonna have to disagree uh, with you. I just, I just shit, say, prof. I'm just saying it's just he needs better direction for. It. That's all it is. He just needs better direction where he wants to go with the character. It, it's still there. He's the top heel of AEW in comparison to what Jimmy. There's no comparison. He's. Levels above head and everybody else. Right, head, above. Head and no, right. In that rot in that organization. So you know who who is the next best heel right now? There Chris you go. Who Jericho? is a freaking heel really, other than MJF right now? Really, like Jericho. Jericho? Literally oh, okay, Jericho. That everybody sings a damn song anyway. Yeah, exactly. and, and he sits there like smiling like a fucking heel, right? That's how many levels MJF is above. That we're literally laughing at the fact that Chris Jericho is the next heel. Yeah, There's no real heels, man. There really isn't. You know, back in the day in wrestling, we used to have literally a group of heels, a group of baby faces, man. There isn't any of that anymore in AEW anyway. Blame, blame the fans because, you know, they. it's good to... It's, we cheered for the heels because it was cool to do it. And I understand that too. Gotta blame the fans on that, Jimmy T. Right. And that's the attitude there is fault in many ways for that happening because that's when it really started to happen. Let's mm -hmm. be honest, right? I mean, then shit. Figure out how to do something interesting. Well, yeah, it's not hard. That's the thing, man. It's it's wrestling one hundred and one. Keep it simple, and it works. Bret Hart figured out reason, how to be a heel. Hey, he did. He was great at it too. I didn't care what anyone says. People say it was a bad promo. Sure, at the start he, he was. He was such a good fucking not, heel. He, but he was real, bro. He was and what fucking he did real. was so completely different what everybody else did he basically said no i'm not the bad guy american audience you're yeah the bad guy. everyone else is let the me bad guy, show right? you when i'm in canada he walked out his fucking music hit in canada huge applause of god he let me show you when man. i go to india and his wine and his whining huge applause and his he's whining is what you call well done it yeah, was well perfect. done whining because he was like why is it, why are you doing this thing to me i'm the hero i'm getting screwed and you're exactly. not and you're not on my side. I love yep. that. Is great whining. Fuck That's yeah. being a great victim. Not uh, absolutely. He played the victim the best. And then I'll say Kurt Angle. He was great at doing that too. Because you know, yep. he would say like, "I'm an American gold medal. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an Olympic gold medalist. I'm an American hero." And he's all boomy. I want yep. a fucking gold medal for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? And yep. everyone just ah fuck off. You know. And he was that, pompous. And he was yeah, arrogant. Absolutely. And it came across as pompous and arrogant, which is exactly what he wanted. Like, th and, and even Jericho, to an extent, could play a good victim too. Yeah, those guys are all good at whining. That's that's MJF. If that's what you're leaning into, go for it. And if it's not, then stop doing that. Right, because like you guys said, play the cynical whiner, man. Like Bret Hart was a cynical whiner. Kurt Angle was a cynical whiner. Jericho, to an extent, was too a cynical whiner, but not to that extent. If you know what I'm saying. But still, he could pull it off. But MJF, like you guys said, either swing one way or the other. And I don't mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Anyway. 
Yeah. Moving on, and I really want to move on from this, but I'll say it anyway. We get Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and the hater herself, Jamie Hader. And Hader says she's feeling frisky. Yeah, did you hear that, folks? She's feeling frisky. So she wants a three-way. Oh, God. At Revolution. Uh, and she's going to beat Soraya and Ruby Soho both. That's a three-way. Uh, she put all those words kind of wrong, in my opinion, Prof. No, that, she put it right. She put it. Oh, in the right maybe she context. did put yes, it right. Yes, she put it in the right context. Uh, that you know, after the KY jelly, after I you know ah. wiped up the you know, the sweat from my brow, you know, I was good. I was very good. Oh boy, the revolution porno. Here we come. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing to really report here. But Chris, uh, are you looking forward to this three-way starring Serena? Nope. nope. Jimmy Crackcorn and. I don't care, Jimmy Crackcorn, and I don't care. We'll move on. Yeah, fuck this shit. Speaking of fuck this shit, we got an AEW World Tag Team Championship match two. Contenders Battle Royal Fuckery Duckery Ducks. What the fuck is this? Another Battle Royale. This time it involves tag teams. I don't even know if I want to go through all this shit. No. But basically, just, just say who won. That's it. Just say who Jay won. Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett. Win last eliminating the prof's best friends and Chris's best friends in Chemperetta to become the number two contenders. Am I reading this right? Number two contenders. No, they're the third tag team. Or third. In the four-way four tag team gauntlet match at Revolution. Uh, someone please explain this shit. How does this make sense? What the I fuck? Think, I, I think... Because next week is going to be the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal on Dynamite. Oh, God. And I think, this is just me, but oh. it looks very predictable that the Joker uh, Tag Team might be FTR. So this way oh. they win. And they, get the, and they get the spot. They get the final spot at AEW Revolution. But do they get Arn Anderson's liver spot, Prof? Ah. No. Do you remember that? You don't remember that? Do you remember that? After all the tequila that Dax Harwood drinks in his podcast, <laughs> yeah. he ain't... He's not giving up anybody's livers. He's he's taking livers. He's taking livers <laughs> and kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll say this. Since, you you know, we don't have to name the tag teams. It just shows you how the tag team division, from when it started in 2019 to where we are here in 2023, wow. Leaps wow. and bounds bad. That Buy Jeff it. Jarrett... Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are your anchors for a tag team division that is the Drizzling Shiznits. <laughs> JJ Jay Shiznits. Yeah, double J's. No, triple J's. Double J's. Oh, triple J Lethal. <laughs> triple J Lethal. Uh, triple J Dutt. Can we do that somehow? <clears throat> but anyway, uh, you know what? Hey, Jeff Jarrett is head and shoulders. I know we're saying head and shoulders a lot. Not the shampoo, but uh, head and shoulders above. Most of these guys in the company when it comes Pe to pro People might man. not like Jeff Jarrett, Jimmy T. Hey. People, you know, the, the IWC might not like Jimmy, Jer Jeff Jarrett, but for That's some right. strange reason, and I could go, and you could go to WrestleNomics, I'm not making this stuff up. He's got one of the highest ratings. This tag team battle royal, this is all Jeff Jarrett. They plateaued because plateaued. of him. They plateaued <laughs> because of him. You know I'm why? Not, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know why, boys? Because any great, I yeah, mean, come great. on, 
He's fucking great. Let's be honest, man. I mean, I've said this already a few times, and I'll say it one more time before we move on. Years ago, and I'm talking about 20 years ago, he was one of the worst promos in all of wrestling, you know, compared to what we had back then. You know what I'm saying? But today, in 2023, he is one of the best fucking promos, especially in AEW. You know why? Because everyone else sucks balls, dude. All he, and he keeps it simple. He does it professional wrestling 101 promo doesn't fucking like over like uh what's the word man he's been in the major leagues he knows his timing he knows where the camera is he knows where the hard camera is all that right the indie guys need to learn from him if if they don't if he can't teach them they better just watch him they watch his cadence they can learn something from jeff jarrett it's his cadence spot on dude it's his fucking cadence it's the way he does it is spot on pro wrestling 101 like old school way and it really shines compared to today's guys because shit man if you notice a lot of guys just can't do promos man especially in AEW they just suck they really they, don't know they the cadence. can't do anything right they just can't most man. of these guys aren't capable of promos most of these guys aren't even capable in the ring yeah they can do stuff but they don't understand what I mean the what makes you a good wrestler is not the moves you do. It's everything you do between the moves. That's Absolutely. what makes you a storyteller in wrestling. Okay? Psychology, These guys for fuck's do sake. not understand anything about the psychology of this art. So they're not good wrestlers. Yeah, they can do you know, 450 <laughs> splashes and land them nice. But they're not good wrestlers. In order to be a good professional wrestler, you need to tell a story with your body. Like, that's and that's that's it. If you can't do that, you're not a good wrestler. And here's the bad logic within this match. Top flight. Maybe future AEW tag team champions, and I'm being I'm being nice here. But when you had a trios banger with the elite, why are you gonna put them in this match and get them eliminated yep. halfway into the match? Yep. You got the Lucha Brothers, former tag team champions. Why the hell are you, you know, you're doing nothing with them? Why the hell is Butcher and the Blade almost at the end? Why the hell is the best friends almost at the end? I can understand why Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are at the end, but why the hell are those tag teams at the end? And you're not, you're not trying to promote Top Flight. You're not trying to promote, you know, your former AEW tag team champions and the Lucha Brothers for future storylines. It writes itself. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's, it's true. It does write itself. I guess uh, others suck dick better than others. I mean, it always comes back to penis. I mean, shit. I mean, how else do you explain this shit? I, there's no reason. You can't. Like, you just can't. You know what I mean? I, I explain it by just pointing to Tony Khan's coke habit. But Oh, it's that too. I mean, shit. I mean, it must be pretty bad. But anyway, speaking of Tony Khan, boys, <laughs> we've got his big announcement. <sighs> okay uh so we're getting a third hour essentially what was that tna show prof i'm sure you will remember uh that it they was, done was, the same thing it was like tna reaction or something like that's that. that's it or, reaction or it was TNA reaction interaction or, i don't know no no no. yeah it was reaction 100 percent. it was reaction mm -hmm. that's what we're getting boys we're getting tna reaction on the third hour for dynamite and you know how many people are gonna watch that crap Honestly, half, half the audience that that leaves Dynamite. That. 
that. Only at first they will. They'll all probably, you know, tune in. After that, again, they're just spoiling this shit for themselves, man. Can we not get pro wrestling? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, I've said this on the PWS, so I'll say this here for the Skirmites. What does AEW need? They need a super app. A super app, a super streaming app. AEW and ROH, a hybrid streaming service. You got a lot of content. You got eight pay-per-views between the two organizations. And these shows like AEW All Access, AEW on whatever shows you got that would be for YouTube and all this stuff, you got a lot of content for the AEW Super app. Why you want to put on Warner Brothers uh, Discovery is beyond me. I understand that you got to feel they need content. They need content for HBO Max. Do they? I, I, obviously, because they've been restructuring the infrastructure. You know, they, they, they've cut $3 billion already, Jimmy T. So you need True. some shows. Point. They shame. need some That's shows. True. So if right. AEW is going to give them on the cheap and they're going to produce these shows, then fine. But you better pay AEW in the next television contracts for all this. All I'm saying is this would be great content for their streaming service if if Tony Khan is smart enough to follow what Vince McMahon did in 2014. Because <laughs> you got it right there. No, Here, here's so the problem perfect. with that. Here, here's my only problem with that. And I, like from a content perspective, yes, like I think that would be great. Uh, a lot of wrestling fans would probably think that it was really great. Um, let's let's try not to forget, though, that a streaming service with professional wrestling from the WWE with the WWE, with WCW, NWA, with Crockett Promotions, with et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with all of the history that the WWE owns, they still were basically a financial failure. Like, it did not make money. So I don't know, but I doubt very much that AEW has enough content to actually make money with an app. Like, I'd love to see it. But well, I'm just not sure if it's financially well, feasible. It, it, if, you go, if you go in the stuff. same moniker, you know, again, you're right. They're going to lose money, just like WWE Network did. But eventually, WWE ne- Network licenses it off to Disney, licenses right. it off to Peacock. You do the same thing with, AEW, with yeah. You do the same thing. You pip off your app to all to HBO Max, so this That's way you, it, you make the money. We need but how treat. much is Papa Khan willing to give Tony? You know, in order to make that, that that's to to me like it comes down to a dollars and cents question. But who knows? I mean, he's the son they, of a they, billionaire. You have to remember they they lose money with that uh, English Premier League soccer team too. So you know they're doing well though, Prof. As a matter no, no, of no, fact, but they're flying for a sports franchise. You do right. lose money, so yeah, it's the same. Oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So like, really still lose money. So ten percent of sports for franchises don't lose money, and the rest of them do. No, they do. They really do, man. Because all you're doing is just pouring fucking money into it, and that's it. Like, there's no tax write off for billionaires. Yeah, is absolutely, no, for sure, are. definitely, one hundred percent. But prof, you're you you're spot on, dude. I mean, uh, they, first of all, if the rumors are true and he paid forty mil for fucking Ring of Honor, Jesus Christ, forty fucking million. No, I think whatever. I think I think they went down to like it was like five five. To was 10. it? Yeah. Really? Okay. That, that, that was, cr- was too exor- It was exorbitant amount of money. That they, they said they 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 debunked that. It was like five to ten okay. million. Well, it's still too much, in my opinion, compared to where how much you know Vince paid for WCW, if you know what I mean. Two million. Exactly, and that was back in 01 Think about mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. Back in 01 But as far as today goes, we 
I don't understand why he didn't use that hour for Ring of Honor in the first place. Wouldn't that make more sense at this point? I couldn't care less about some reality fucking bullshit. I don't think you know what TNT I mean? wants it. You, don't, you, you really think that? I really do, yeah. The, yeah maybe. The, the infrastructure for the Super App is already there when you could have just put ROHwrestling.com on hiatus and fix it up to put AEW and ROH content, hybrid it up, and again, 10 to 15 bucks, you know, subscription price fee for a month? You could get a million subscribers. I'm just saying. Well, can I ask you a question, boys, before we move on? Is Ring of Honor going to be behind a paywall? Do you have to pay for Honor Club to actually be able to watch it? Yeah. Or is 10 it bucks for a free? Month. No. So you have to pay 10 bucks a month. For that, that weekly show that's going to come on within a week or so, you got to pay 10 Whoa. bucks a month. Boy, is that going to be an epic You're not going to... I, I, and if I'm correct, don't, don't quote me on this, the pay-per-views, right. the ROH pay-per-views... You have to pay on top of that. No, oh. you, it won't be live. You're kidding. So you have to wait because you got to pay. You got to pay the live pay, ROH pay views off of Five TV and off the other partners. <laughs> They're trying to be slick here. I ain't paying fifty bucks. This is why oh. I wanted to. Well, guess what, boys? I can save you guys. I forgot to also mention. I'm sure you guys. I know you have Chris, and I'm sure you know these two, Prof. But you heard about the Australian deal with AEW, right? That it's airing live every week on our TVs. On ESPN two, yeah, ESPN two, right? Mm-hmm. Not one, not the, not ESPN, but ESPN two, just quietly, right? The the secondary channel. Well, part of that deal is also the pay per views. Without having to pay for the pay per views, they're also going to air on ESPN, which is oh, great. So what I'll do good. is we can have yeah, uh, that uh, I, f- I keep forgetting to mention that, and people haven't emphasized it. But the pay per views are part of the deal, so that means I can stream it for you boys via StreamYard and we can watch it live without even having to talk to each other. I'll just stream it for you guys. Allegedly. Allegedly, sorry. Allegedly. That's right. You didn't hear you didn't hear that. I'm not streaming anything but us right now. Anyway, we'll yeah, talk about uh, that off the air. Australia's got it better than America because we got ESPN Plus and you gotta pay the fifty bucks yeah. for UFC uh, stuff. So we have ESPN Plus as well. Oh okay. But that's via the app, not on I know it's pay per view obviously, but uh mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever. I mean, shout outs to ESPN and Disney because Disney well, are the well, ones that own. You know what? I guess ESPN paid up front for the pay per views because then, you know, Tony Tony Khan ain't making money off of that. That's, <laughs> that's a pay per view. That's a pay per view that they're not making money off in Australia to get extra money from their from their Australian AEW fans. Well, guess what? WB and WCW not once ever put their pay per views for fucking free live on television here in Australia. It was on pay-per-view. And yet quietly. everybody went and yet and yet everybody went, oh see, they're doing big things in Australia now. They're on ESPN <laughs> too. See? That's a big deal. They're growing. No, they're not. They're desperate. ESPN dose. Not the same thing. And sh- and look, hats off to them because WB's got a foot because I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but our major cable provider here like the main one is Fox. <laughs> it's actually Fox. Fox is owned by an Australian billionaire. I'm sure you guys know that. In Rupert Murdoch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, we use cool Australian. Guy. Like that guy. Cool guy. Good cool guy. guy. And my point is, WWE have always been on Fox. I'm surprised because WWE tried blocking AEW from getting onto television here. But the thing is, ESPN is on all cable providers. So they've actually can be in more homes 
potentially than WWE, except for the network. And also the network has become a network on our cable on our cable provider over here, which also competes with itself because also we're the only ones in the world with our network that has Raw and SmackDown live on the WWE network, not in on delay, live, which is also competing with the original TV deal with Fox 8, which show Raw and SmackDown live. So it's on, they're competing with each other, like, which is weird. Okay, we're so, talking about Australian television way too much. I'm Let's just saying, I know, there. and it's irrelevant compared to the American television, but I'm just saying, that's that's the deal that's happening down here. But anyway, let's move on. I'm not even going to talk Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, or Jeff Jarrett, because why? Stupid. So I'm just going to... Yeah, it's stupid. Oh, and did I mention that the show's called AEW All Access? How original. Where have I heard that before? I've heard that before. Didn't WWE have All Access? Oh, I was thinking of porn. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of porn, we've got blood porn next, fellas. I'm sure you love this shit. It is, it is uh, Evil Uno versus John Moxley. I'm gonna say this now, guys. Evil fucking Uno is a draw, clearly, right, Prof? Right, right. He's the reason. He's the reason over a million <laughs> viewers for for this week. <laughs> I, I mean, I, you gotta say this. You, you know, I don't know if Moxley. Something's wrong with Moxley because, again, the, the reality is this. That's you're an the, understatement. You're, you're the number one. You're the number one technically draw of AEW. You're the top guy, one of the top guys. Yeah. And this is the thing we talked about earlier with MJF and like Hembone said about Takashita. <laughs> you're the top guy, and you're actually competing with Evil Uno. I don't mind in a match where Evil Uno gets a shot in, a lucky shot in, a lucky gut punch, whatever hope the case spot. may be. Yeah, the hope spots. He he's he's getting the shit kicked out of him, but he gets a roll up, and it's a one, two, and a and a quarter, and and the crowd goes, "What the fuck?" for one second. Right. That's it. Here, this is where Moxley's heelish moments could really be good. Right. Moxley should never have bled in this match. This was this was a bloodbath for Evil Uno. This was a, this was a great presentation to have Moxley be the monstrous Beat the heel, fuck out of you, dangerous, n- get no mercy, and then have Adam Page, you know, not Big be gay, pool. you know, get out, of, you know, be converted, get, get that Christian conversion, and then come conversion. in and save the day. That's the way you end the show. But Moxley should have been dominating Evil Uno to the point where there was. He was pissing blood on the floor. That's how it should have looked visually, right. but they didn't do that. They gave, they made, they had to make it competitive. That's the one weakness Tony Khan has. The visual is there to set up revolution. Moxley is the ultimate heel, the ultimate monster. He don't care about the Dark Order. He don't care about Adam Page, best friend. If it was meant that way. You beat the tar out of him. You beat the snot out of him. They didn't do that. Chris, they sure didn't do that. No, and you you know, this is basically like Tony Khan either doesn't understand or doesn't care what actually makes someone a star. Um, Hmm. Until Conor McGregor came around, do you know who the number one seller of pay-per-views was? I'll tell you. It was fucking, what's his name, man? Uh, Wait, wait, I know this. I can't get his name out of my fucking 
the fucking wrestling guy. The rest. No, oh, it's Ronda Rousey. It's her, and it's Ronda fucking Rousey. But it was also one Ronda other person Rousey. too. Yeah, Brock Lesnar was a big was a big. No, deal no, too. no, 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 no. He, yeah, he's one of them. But, oh, fuck, I will come back to me. Just continue okay, for now. It doesn't matter. Do you know how the most exciting, you know, UFC stars ever were? Was uh, let's say Diego the Sanchez focus? is probably one of them. Uh, like in terms of the fights, right? Diego okay, Sanchez, right. every fight was going to be fucking bloodbath, and he was going to be in a life and death struggle to win or Nate lose. Diaz is another Diego one of Sanchez, those. Nick Diaz, was a, was a good example. Rush St. Pierre was a good sell. He was Different, good, but he though. he never he wasn't in great matches. He just no. dominated. He's a wrestler. He dominated. Right? He, just, he, he was a wrestler who just he, he sort of boringly sort of right. dominated, etc. Right? But okay, Ronda Rousey was a huge star for the UFC. Mike Tyson, one of the greatest pay per view acts of all time. Why? He was a killer. They didn't though. go out there and have fifteen minute back and forth matches every single time they went out. Ronda Rousey went out there, took girls down and armbarred them in seconds. And she did that about for what, like two years before she finally came up against somebody, you know, but three years, that's what people wanted to tune in to see people complain about Mike Tyson pay-per-views. Oh, it only lasts two rounds. That's why you're fucking watching. Absolutely. You're watching because you want to see Mike Tyson murder someone. Don't kid yourself. You're not a fan of the sport. You want to yeah. see Mike Tyson eat somebody's fucking children on live <laughs> television. It was the undercard that had to be competitive. Mike Tyson exactly. had to do Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. The so your undercard can be competitive. Right. But when you're the main event, when you're the main event, and you're taking on this fucking nobody from, from Quebec, <laughs> you go out there and you beat the shit out of them. Fuck that guy. He gets one hope spot. Your your fucking major star does not bleed. Uh, first of all, they had a fucking guy in a mask bleed, too. That's just so stupid. From the like, mouth and shit. Like, so dumb. It looked fucking, like fucking was pissing blood from the get mouth, real. dude. Get Bad. fucking real. Okay? Get real, but, literally. But, like, but, literally. But again, like, we're coming back to this same fucking thing I said. Do you remember, remember that time when Stone Cold went 25 minutes against Midian? No, you don't. <laughs> Do you know why? Because it would have killed Stone Cold Steve Austin. It would not have made Midian. It would have killed Steve Austin to go 25 minutes with Midian. In a Hulk you pin would have match, had to Chris. work another six months to a year to get Steve Austin back to a fucking main event level if he ever went 25 minutes and bled for fucking Midian. This is the dumbest booking you could possibly fucking even imagine. It that- doesn't make sense. And it's just every like again. I'm not I, I, like everybody goes like, oh, you're huge wrestling fans. You don't understand. No, I do understand because <laughs> I left wrestling for decades. I, I don't even like most of what I see. I love <laughs> good wrestling. I love good wrestling. It is fucking awesome when it's done right. But so much of this is just garbage. You don't even have to be a, a great wrestling fan to others to understand how garbage this is. You just have to understand how stories work. Just quality. That was a great rant. That was a brilliant rant. I'll, I'll give you that one, Chris. But the guy also, yeah, exactly. Absolute golf claps to that one. <laughs> but what I will say, the guy I was, what I was trying to mention, and it came back to me, was Charles Sonnen. As a matter of Charles fact, Sonnen, yeah. uh, Chris, because he was a shit fighter. 
Yet that motherfucker made you believe that he had a chance at beating John Jones all because of the art of promo. And he yep. was a big pro wrestling fan, hence why he used to do that. Great talker, shit fighter. But it didn't a matter. Example, a great example of, a, of UFC doing WWE better than WWE. Absolutely. WWE. Absolutely. And that's what I just had to say that before I forgot again. So, uh, yeah. Um, but anywho, you're spot on, Chris. That was a great rant. Evil Uno sucks, yet people will say, well, he got over a million. No. Who gives a he fuck? He didn't fucking get over. He didn't get over. Maybe the crowd in fucking Phoenix gave a shit. Nobody else cares about Evil Uno. I honestly would have walked it, it out if I was it wasn't, there. It wasn't meant for Evil Uno to get over or to have any sympathy. It was meant for Revolution for him to get beat up, to be the sacrificial lamb, and they didn't do that. This and this was, is right. what annoys me. Because there was any sort of build Paige. up, right? right. Exactly. You didn't and there was no build. Page Moxley's match. You just made me want to care for Uno. That's what TK was like. But out where, of the where blue, where are you going to go with Evil Uno? Is he going to challenge for the all? Is he going to challenge for the heavyweight no. title next week against MJF? Of course because not. You felt sorry for him. It's oh, super heavyweight title, maybe. <laughs> oh. Hey, watch what you say, Chris, because they might actually do that one day. The super, super oh, heavyweight God. championship. Yeah, yeah, pal. This is where Moxie should have pulled out the that don't work for me, brother. What do you think Hogan was so Listen, fucking? There's a reason why Hogan made millions right. and millions of dollars. It's because every once in a while he went, you know what? That doesn't work for me, brother. That what do you think Stone Cold walked off with his damn ball and didn't want to pull Brock Lesnar over because yep. there was no fucking build. There was no fucking reason. Yep. For that to happen, which I totally understand what he meant back then. Yep. You know what I mean? But here we are, it's evil fucking Uno versus John Moxley in a, a bloodbath. Think about that, folks. Yeah. A fucking bloodbath. A, blood a competitive bloodbath. Competitive bloodbath. So now I'm supposed to believe that evil Uno has got the potential for what? To win a fucking championship? I don't fucking know. That's the problem in AEW, man. Everything is competitive. And it's I don't ridiculous. remember if it was three or four guys but three or four people bled on this fucking card at this Ugh. point i kind of hope the elite do to go, do go to wwe so we can just rename this whole company all blood wrestling abw abw i'm, I'm ABW. glad you said that before because before we go i was watching the swerve city podcast we swerve right who had kenny omega on ironically and they were making fun of I kid you not. AEW and their bloodbaths and the video game and their bloodbaths. I kid you not. <laughs> they were literally laughing at that shit. And I started laughing because they were laughing at it. You know what I mean? What does that fucking tell you? So someone is doing something fucking stupid. Clearly they don't agree with half that shit. You know what I'm saying? So something's up over at AEW. And I hope the elite do go to the, In particular, I hope Kenny does go to WWE. Fuck this company. They're done. Fuck it. Imagine two out of the four EVPs in WWE right now. And as far as I know, they're aggressively trying to recruit him. Has there been one week that Moxley didn't bleed? No, there hasn't. There's How really, long ago, fuck? maybe? I mean, when? maybe if you go back to like four when? months ago. I'm just four? asking. I'm just asking. A year. You. No, really. It's pissing me off, man. I can't watch this shit anymore. I'm that fucking over it, man. Blood I'm over a, it. Blood is supposed to be special. <laughs> Not I, here, I man. I have to say this. Blood is supposed to be special. If you ble bleed every week, 
it but on weekly speciality. television, prof. Yep, exactly. And if you have if you have a wrestling company where you have six people who are seven feet tall, you've got no giants. <laughs> oh, and if somebody man. bleeds every fucking week, it doesn't matter that somebody bleeds. And if everybody doesn't tap out to the to the submission and just passes out, it doesn't mean anything when they pass out to the submission. You have to keep these things special. Otherwise, they mean absolutely fucking nothing. The reason why blood red draws dollar green is because it's meant to be special. Well said. Why blood red draws dollar green. If it don't make dollars... It don't make sense, like DJ Quick used to say on that exact that's track. A, that's a tampon commercial too. It does. It is. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Might as well have tampon on a pole match with Soraya, and ugh, that'll be a dirty tampon. Anyway, whatever. The point is, you might as well go that far because I want to know who the fuck is booking this. I know it's TK, but how the fuck does he sit there and go? You know what, man? We'll get. Well, now I'm sounding like Moxie. Moxie Blood. Yeah, man. We'll get blood, blood, blood every fucking week, man. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Moxley, you fucking idiot. Seriously. We'll have the ring explode. It'll be so cool. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That works the, out. The problem is, if you play AEW Fight Forever before the match, this is what I want it's you to do. It's taking forever. This is what I want you to do here. You see the blood spot? Here you go. Right there. Let me, let me back it up. Okay, here you go. Have you seen the blood spots on that damn game, Prof? I saw a couple of them on. on There's a lot of blood, man. It's realistic. I'll give him that. There's a lot of fucking blood. And guess what? You know why there's a delay? Because of that damn fucking blood. They can't get a rating until now. That's why it was delayed. Think of the children. Think of the children. Also because they put a complete amateur in charge of the game development. Literally an amateur. Yeah, he's a video game player. But what the fuck does he know about programming? honestly like that's it's great. true I, I i know a lot about the character of batman but I, if i put on a cape and go outside and try to fight <laughs> psychopaths i'll probably get shot <laughs> yeah i think you would actually but don't tell the man that just quietly with that stupid voice all right and then, let's fucking wrap this seriously up. have you seen that chris you got to see that man anyway i mean, it's true the man becky lynch is batman yes just quietly in the man Joker. cave mm-hmm. yeah he, he done that well i'm just i'm gonna say that he really did but i think we can take this shit home i'm not gonna lie boys it's getting harder and harder to watch dynamite every week it really is it is absolutely becoming hard I'm, not my dick but watching the show yeah too much blood but anyway fellas prof tell them where they can find you you can find me on my twitter at PWSOPRF, that's PWSOPROF. And you can find me on the PWSO Networks at Podbean.com where I host the most nostalgic podcast with Mr. Wonderful Tommy Wonder, the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast. Thank you very much for having me on the skirmish, guys. Very enjoyable. Oh, thank you. That was quick, man. That was very quick. Chris, tell them where they can find you, my man. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. It's at ChrisAms1. Uh, you can... Uh, you can- uh, add me and I'll talk about pro wrestling politics and just any number of things that I feel like talking about uh, I'm also on Facebook Chris Ams uh, Christopher Ams you can search that if you're holding a wrestling belt I'm not adding you as my friend um, what about if they're bleeding if, 
you're actively bleeding, I'm going to assume <laughs> you're a crazy person because why would you have that as your uh, picture? Um, but yeah, other than that, you can catch me on the PWC shows. Uh, you can catch me on several things on uh, Channel Attitude and uh, Hami Media Group, etc., etc., etc. Also, if you throw up a bat signal, um, I'm not going to show up because I am sweaty fat Batman. I am not Batman. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> well, if you want to follow me, you can at DJ Mass Effect and also at the PWC Network. Please like and subscribe right here at the pwcnetwork.popping.com where you can find all our shows. Also, like and subscribe at channelattitude.com with five bucks. You get to see Chris and I and sometimes the prof talk all things AW and WWE now. And also like and subscribe at the PW Hustle Networks. .podbean.com and I'm in mediagroup.podbean.com where you can find all our affiliate shows including Jeff's Garden of Doom and I think that's about it so in saying that I'm Jimmy T that is the Professor Chabella Veda Cruz and that is the sweaty fat Batman himself Chris Sams and you've been listening and watching the PwC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PwC Network and we're out of here peace
Nextly, now Uno distracted. Well, it affects the vision, correct, Excalibur? It's, it affects the vision. It certainly does. I mean, Uno, well, no, Uno! Got the boot into the face of Moxley, and Moxley spilled to the outside. He's able to see that just fine. Rung out on top of that safety rail, too, brother. And, oh, oh, wait, look at this! A man this size? Evil Uno to the top! the pain to their feet. What a sent on by Uno. And now Uno raining down right hands on John Moxley. Told you this, Look at a big man right here. Big boy off the top. Man, you're talking about weight coming down on you guys. Holy smokes. You're not kidding. Yeah, Evil Uno taking a big risk, but it's paying off as he's got Moxley very dazed. That's like a fiat landing on you. Yeah, man. Take the risk, right? Take, go for broke. Moxley dips out underneath the bottom rope. Oh, he's coaxing him down. That's exactly what he was doing. Oh, oh no. He lured him down to the floor. Head first into the steps. And John Moxley, after after tearing at the mask of Uno, sending him face first in the steps. Oh, 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 oh. the head of Uno driven into the steps. Well, there was that point, too, after a big dive by Uno on the outside. Being a tag team specialist ring, probably would have got his opponent ring and tag his partner in the ring. No partner in this thing. That's the problem when you're primarily a tag team guy dealing with a, a, a former AW World Champion also had singles wrestling in box. Uh, right now, guys, Evil Uno cannot even get to his feet. Yeah, Uno, oh, here he comes. You, got a, you saw a glimpse of that, that torn mask of Evil Uno. And I mean, yeah, yeah. Mox is close to that 100 win. I mean, can they do that next Calvin? That's a milestone win, but it's crazy. It's oh, like some blood dripping here. Yeah, look at this. this blood. Yeah. That, that was from the, the head of Evil Uno being driven into the steps by John Moxley. And now Mox, oh, just a flat of his boot into the side of Uno's head. Yeah, he's definitely busted up underneath there, um, catching some cross faces, but that face is bloody. Yeah, he's oh. under that mask. You see it? You talked about the vision of Evil Uno earlier, now with the blood streaming down into his eyes. Man, Moxley is so savage. He gotta be, you know, and he understands that and he goes with every match, you know, that he just wants to be barbaric and take people out. And, I, you know, some people don't like that. I dig that. I get what Moxley's doing. I like it. And the question remains, will he become the first wrestler in AEW with 100 wins? Oh, my God. He might be done. Driver. He'll do it again! Again! Evil Uno! Oh! Sets out the pile driver! Oh my god! Us. Two! No! Mox had to push the head of Evil Uno up with his left arm. Look at the blood oh my pouring god. that head face. That, yeah, that blood is flowing freely from the head of Evil Uno. That is a gusher. Oh, Moxley drops steps underneath! He's got the sleeper locked in. He changed the S-grip task. Yeah, he sure did. Can he sit through here? Turn that book oh, now he's got something man. else in mind. Just driving the elbow into the jaw of Evil Uno. He's gonna choke him out. He's gonna choke Uno out here with that rear naked choke. And when oh, now he flips him over the bulldog. bulldog. Yes. The bulldog is locked in. Moxley. Oh, look at yeah, that. Yeah. Hips to the sky. He's gonna tap out. Moxley is oh, he's gonna go out he's here. Branching man. back. He changed his grip. The hips to the key right there. He tapped that. Guess he didn't. No, man. Uno's fading. Oh, 
those lights are in on any real choke, you're done. The hooks are in, John Moxley, the referee stops the match. Well, 100 wins, how about it? And John Moxley's not letting go. Moxley made history here tonight, Paul Turner is admonishing John Moxley. Well, that looks like it's a massacre, for God's sakes. We've got a crystal clear yeah, message. The dark order, Silver Reynolds, yes. to save us. Silver Una. Reynolds. Yeah, we got a clear, crystal clear message to Hangman Adam Page. The boy, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. I mean, John Moxley, he wouldn't let go of the submission. Silver Reynolds, they, they, their hand was forced. It's seen enough. Oh, he kept his word, did Hangman? He sure did. He didn't get involved in the match. That's right. And like a cowboy from hell, Hangman Page charges at John Moxley. Was wearing Mox out with shots to the head and the ear. Look at those right hands by Hangman Page. Oh, oh my God. It's barbed wire around his right hand. Oh, buddy. Oh, my God. out here. It is absolute carnage. Absolute carnage. Hangman Page battering John Moxley, the barbed wire assistant right hand. He's trying to cover up and he can't. Bob Bryant gaffed him open. Cannot wait to see these two men collide. The Texas death match at Revolution. Remember, it's, it's one man to one man cannot Enter the bell. You'll need a mop out here. Maybe a couple. Box shots coming. Oh! Moxley dips out. And coming up this Friday night at Rampage, it's the Young Bucks and Aussie Open. We'll see you at 10-9 Central on TNT. And now let's go down to the man himself. Absolute Ricky Starks. you guys keep chanting that but they'll get mad at me for going over on time so here's the thing <laughs> it ain't no secret these past few months I have dealt with interference from JAS base yeah baseball match people dressed up in a mask being put through a table and to me the message is very clear Chris you do not want to have a rematch against Wong and I accept that. I accept that the rematch won't happen. So I'm gonna be moving on from Chris Jericho. But what I have right here is an open challenge, an open contract for a match against me at Revolution. And as my theme song says, the revolution will be televised, so I'll be damned if I'm left off of this pay-per-view. So I know that there's somebody back there that is itching to get on this card. And guess what? Hey, I welcome you to come out here and let's do the damn thing, you know? I always think this is a dangerous thing to do, guys. An open challenge. Is it gonna be Jericho or one of the members of JS? I'll, I'll play along. I, I kind of hope it's Jericho. Is it Jericho? Uh, it 
Vince Jericho. It's not suspenders, boy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, that's a fancy jacket CJ's got on there. I like it. you're trying to do here right now you're you're trying to bait me into having another match with you but let me say this you say you're over and done with chris jericho you're not over and done until i say so okay but i'm gonna tell you this count your blessings starks you beat chris jericho congratulations it was the highlight of your career. Take it and put it in a little box and put it by your nightstand and look at it every night before you go to sleep. Because it's never gonna happen again. Starks, I could beat you anytime, any place, anywhere, but it's never gonna happen because you are not at my level. So good luck with your little open challenge. I hope it goes well for you. Wait a minute here. Peter Avalon, pretty Peter Avalon, is answering the open challenge. Judas effect with a spike jacket. What is wrong with Chris Jericho? That he would. Uh, I guess Avalon's not going to Revolution. He's about to go to the E Auto. Wow. Oh, Avalon was going to. He was going to charge down to the ring. He was going to accept the challenge for Revolution. I think you're right about that. Shut your mouth, jackass. See what happens when you want an open challenge. Everyone's gonna walk out here. You want Chris Jericho so bad. You can't have revolution without Chris Jericho, without the demo god. Maybe I should take that little contract of yours, starts. Have a rematch with you and embarrass your stupid ass. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you definitely can go ahead and sign this. But I think we all understand what's gonna happen. You're gonna bring JAS around here. They're gonna come out. They're probably gonna jump me again. And 
that's all good and well. But I want to ask you this. As the Chris Jericho, the first AEW champion, the guy who beat two legends in one night, hey, you did that all by yourself, right? I don't understand why you keep needing JAS. But unless you really think that you probably can't beat me, I just think that you have it in you to get the job done by yourself. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You're telling me that you don't think I can beat you one-on-one? -on -one? No, no, uh, no. Actually, you can. You can beat me. I genuinely believe that you can beat me. pretty darn cool, guys. You're damn right I can beat you. And I can beat you one-on-one, -on -one, Starks. I'm the great Chris Jericho. I'm the champion. I'm one of the best to ever do this. Of course I can beat lowly Ricky Starks one-on-one. -on -one. As a matter of fact, I would sign this contract. I'll even write an addendum that says the Jericho Appreciation Society stays in the back at Revolution. I would do that right here, right now. Except, uh, I don't have a pen. Damn. I do. <laughs> this is... Never before has bureaucracy been so exciting. <laughs> Jericho's got no choice, now he's got to sign it. Oh, wait a minute, I've seen this before. They popped on the flick right of the right pin. The JAS must stay in the back, and I'm gonna sign your stupid open contract. Ricky Starks, you want it, you got it. Chris Jericho versus Absolute at Revolution. But be careful what you wish for, Ricky. Because remember this, nobody outsmarts the Ocho. Uh, I think we just saw that, didn't we? And I think you're right. Yeah, yeah Ricky Starks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got exactly what he wanted. The match is signed for revolution. Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. That's still a come tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Christian Cage. Christian Cage made his return to AEW last week. He, I mean, he pepper sprayed Jungle Boy Jack Perry just, just feet away from his chest. Yeah, no, it shocked everybody. And, uh, this man, Christian Cage, I know him a long time. Oh, look at that! Jungle Boy! Oh, exploding on the scene! Jungle Boy Jack Perry! He, he followed Christian Cage up to the tunnel! Jack just driving the elbow in the back of the head! Jungle Boy getting him some right there, man! Talk about redemption! Talk about revenge!
boy. Jack Perry. Hey, Christian, yeah. hey, he didn't expect that. That came out of nowhere. Christian was coming out here to explain himself, to, to try to account for his actions last week. But whoa, 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 whoa. I think I got an idea what Jungle Boy's got in mind here, bud. Christian Cage just, just very recently returned from injury. He could be going back on that shelf courtesy of Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Well, Jack Perry, he's going to put Christian out. It's, it's happening. Think about this, though, Jungle Boy. Think about this. Can Jack Perry bring himself to do it? He considered this man a mentor, a guiding light for so long. Uh, I'm going to be honest. It, it seems like it. Dude, oh, he's going to do it. Oh, no. Wow. A low blow by Christian Cage. Jack took too long to think it over. Oh. And that's a, a, a crafty vet right there. Realize the positioning of the body of of Jack Perry and where that chair was. Perfectly done. Christian Cage usually so cold, so calculating. Jungle Boy Jack Perry got the upper hand, but it was a moment's hesitation by Jack that cost him. God, suspicious. That sound of Jungle Boy's skull bouncing off those chairs is brutal. Sickening. Cage when he came back last week. I mean, no one expected that, least of all, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He came back with the sling on, but that was only to hide the pepper spray. Yeah, exactly. It was a rouge, but right now, I mean, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is busted open, and there's no shock in that. That was bad, man. How many times did this young man's skull hit that, oh no, hit that, hit that, that steel chair? But Jack Perry, he's completely dazed. Wow, now yeah, our medical team and officials there to check on Jungle Boy Jack Perry. But right now, let's take this point of the match. The clock becomes an issue for the challengers. Only a 20-minute time limit. That's a great point. And uh, we've got to figure who gets their feet first to definitely have an advantage. Cass, how much, you two and Excalibur, how much does a time limit come into the way you prepare? Do you not think about it? You just go out and try to run. Uh, you prepare for a match to be 30, 40 minutes. You over-prepare. That's what you're supposed to do. Each break attempt, Yuta hangs on to the top rope. And oh, Yuta just grabbing the ear of Orange Cassidy. The conduct of becoming to him. I mean, I like what he did, but I mean, oh, this is the game for You see that BCC on Wheeler Yuta's boots? That is... Oh, you can hear that landing on that apron. Oh, Orange got enough left to yep, follow up. He sure oh, Diving DDT to the floor. Great job, Orange Cassidy. Get him in the ring and capture this win here and retain your title. Cassidy with a chance to put away the challenger. Yuta up and Orange Cassidy goes through the DDT. Oh, boy. Landed hit first. Oh, but Cassidy. All that damage done to his back earlier maybe coming into play. And how about Orange Cassidy? Oh, he's trying to beach break there. Beach break by counter. Counter with the pile driver. That might be it. Yuta. Both legs hooked. And no. 
kick out. Wheeler made it, just a small mistake there telling the referee to, to make the count. The referee was going to do it. You didn't have to tell him that. Yeah, any little hesitation. I just think that he got a little antsy to do to right there. He knows he's about to. Oh, there he goes. To the seatbelt? No. Orange Cassidy able to counter. Oh, look at this. Orange Cassidy, those hammer and anvil elbow strikes. Cassidy turns the corner. The seatbelt again. And Yuta able to slip free. And the leg is got him. And oh! Orange Cassidy somehow slipped his way off. The Orange oh. connects. And that one was on target. Two. City for sure. I'll tell you what, though, it was an impressive victory for sure for Orange to retain that All Atlantic title. But we saw a different side of Wheeler Utah, more of an edge to it with Cordial coming out. To me, that was interesting. Yeah, but we also saw a lot more aggression out of Orange Cassidy. He had to go to a very different place than he was used to to retain his championship, Tony. Yeah, he had to. You're right, Excalibur. He had to go to that place. Coming up right now, Renee Paquette standing by with Hangman Page. Oh, wait a second. Hold on there. Uh, it's a very interesting moment right here. That's a hug. I mean, these guys are friends of all time, mentor to Judah. Well, Claudio Castagnoli coming back out. And that may be a look of disappointment on Claudio's face. Look, look, there's wow. nothing wrong with sportsmanship oh. after a match like this. I said, Cody looks the soul. You the uh-uh, buddy. Wow. I, you know what? I like that. I like that out of Cody.
The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to.